0: Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo Skag 3 whoever he is. Get your blood first, your welcome to the show it is a great show it is a terrific show it is a tremendous show frankly the very best you can ask anyone about that people often do this is the matt and blonde show my name is matt christians and i am flanked on my right as always by my wonderful co-host blonde welcome hey not dead yet no baby yet I mocked my wife with uh, Hoax Labor of the Week. Is that what you have? Hoax Labor of the Week? Yes.
1: It is called Prodromal Labor. And I have been in it. I've been having contractions for two weeks now. And I'm 36 weeks and two days today. And this morning, I was like, I felt like if I pooped, I could have broken my own water. Like, (laughs) I just feel I'm so pregnant. Like, I just feel like I can't do this anymore. I'm having... Regular painful contractions all the time. <laughs> I just want this to be over. I that you can say that that
0: that has to have happened to somebody. Water breaking on the toilet. That's got to be a I thing. I don't
1: know. Maybe. I mean, yeah. well, but this is when I had Emmeline. This is like right around this time. Yeah.
0: Not. So. Uh, not exactly how I plan to acknowledge the uh, the new year, but hope everybody had a, a very merry Christmas, and of course, hope everyone's looking forward to a a happy. New year in 2024. And I emphasize hope there because uh, the prospect for conflict just keeps escalating as we'll get to in the show. 2024 is going to make 2020 hold its beer. I guarantee 2024 (laughs) is going to be excellent from an entertainment perspective. Other considerations may be negative, I think. Uh, But you know, in the show intro, which has been largely, it's been altered once in the history of the show for, for years and years, the show says live from his mother's basement. The joke, I've never actually broadcast from um, or lived in my mother's basement as an adult, at least. That's always a gag. Like people on the Internet tell you, oh, yeah, well, you know, go uh, play some Xbox in your mom's basement. basement." Yeah, So that was always the origin of the gag. Well, for the first time in the history of this show, I am legitimately broadcasting (laughs) not from my mom's basement, from my mom's second floor. That's how high I've ascended. This is the second studio move I've done this year, air quotes studio, because it's can't tell, can't tell. Hey, consistency is my game. So if you can't tell, then it means I've done my job. But uh, but as part of all this moving, now I will be operating over here, which means I'm away from screaming children. Which uh, I
1: have literally never heard your kids not once.
0: That's because my wife always kept them away from the room I was in at the other house, at our house, which is nearby. Good
1: woman, good woman.
0: But now she can put the the kids to bed without having to I don't know act like she's kidnapping them by holding yeah her hand over their mouths or something like that. So chloroforming them. And, yeah. All in all it's like it's full I, I, I feel so proud to be operating from my parents' home. Like this is the height of my career is to get into my parents' house.
1: I know, right? No it's some um, You it's, guys he built that wall an exact replica.
0: This one's slightly this different because The space is it it actually is. I had to to get some more wood to build it again because the space is slightly different. Mm. So it is a little bit different, but it's largely the same thing. Obviously, I don't I don't try to fix what is it broken as a general rule. But uh, anyway, uh, it is the final show of 2023. Of course, we will uh, send the year off talking the main secretary of state joining the ban Trump party. She, too, says the 14th Amendment Says you can't vote for an insurrectionist, so she won't let you. Plus, everyone's very mad at Nikki Haley for not mentioning slavery when asked about the cause of the Civil War. I gotta say, the outrage is so stupid, it's actually gonna make me defend Nikki Haley. That's how much
1: I want to castigate her for this because I hate her so much, but uh, she didn't do anything wrong.
0: Well, I don't think it was a great answer, but not for the reason that everyone's mm-hmm. mad about. It just was too generic. It was too. I agree. It with was
1: word salady.
0: Liberty and freedom and uh, constitution. Uh, you know, but I she mean, talked
1: it, about states rights. A little yeah, that bit. was mixed. So in I, I in kind there. of was like, oh, OK, like I kind of see. Her. Yeah. She was just trying to avoid saying slavery. Which she did.
0: (laughs) Now she denies that. Now she says, in fact, slavery is so on her mind as a Southerner that you don't even think to articulate it because slavery is just a given in all contexts of life. That's her new explanation.
1: What a stupid take.
0: Well, uh, later in the show, just in case you think Biden is incompetent at the border. Here he comes to prove his malice. Biden's DOJ. Is that what I said? I don't know. No. Either. They could be both biden's doj is now threatening to sue texas for trying to do something to handle immigration at the southern border which we just set a new record in december's not even over yet we still have time to advance that record texas must be stopped the migrants we can worry about later or never uh plus before we get out of here plenty of hoax hate and tonight's movie review is return of the living dead so stick around now i am i at liberty to disclose private conversation
1: your wife and I were t- were talking about the boobs. Is that what you're going to talk about?
0: I <laughs> you know, I do go home for lunch with my new work arrangement, and she says, "Blonde says you're crazy." She says those teas are great. She, uh,
1: they, they were excellent boobs. Like, what do you want in a pair of boobs? They were great boobs.
0: It's not even my. Uh, we'll get to it later in the show to forecast my take on this. It's not actually the specific shape of those. My main dispute is. What is the age of the character that we're seeing here? That's what I didn't get. They're, They're like,
1: supposed to be in high school, but she's like 27.
0: Okay. I gather that she's not a minor, but then if the premise is they are minors, I don't need to see that. That's weird to me.
1: But Am she's like 27.
0: Yeah, but the, the premise, the premise is that she's like 16, 17, something like but that.
1: She's clearly not. So who cares? I don't
0: I, Because I'm, you're not supposed to look at that and be like, oh yeah, those are great because that's supposed to be a high school girl. But she's not. Well, I just, I think it's weird. I think it's, I think it's strange, but that's just my opinion. We'll get to that later in the show. We'll catch up with your super chats in between topics. 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good lowdown lowdown money grabbers. grabbers. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website that is com. Listener support is hugely appreciated and it is what keeps the show operational as well. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting the show. We have show merchandise for sale as well over on the site. Plus, uh, we have offers from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Kennyo Mountain Woodsmithing. These are quality, handmade, premium hardwood, cutting boards, charcuterie boards, serving trays, and more all constructed with the materials and craftsmanship to last a lifetime. And the best part about Kineo Mountain's work, it is all customizable, not just in the selection of materials and shapes and colors, but in custom engraving, too. Blake at Kineo Mountain made me a cutting board engraved with my YouTube channel logo, and it looks incredible. It's a -a one-of-a-kind personalized addition to our kitchen that we use nearly every day, and it hasn't aged a bit. And don't forget, Kineo Mountain can handle any sort of woodworking from small table trays to big furniture projects. So if you're looking for a personalized gift for someone special or bigger items to customize your home, make it fine hardwood craftsmanship from Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing, the absolute highest quality woodworking that will last you forever. Check them out at KineoWood.com. That's K-I-N-E-O Wood.com. And of course, listeners of this show get 10% off. All Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing products and services using promo code Matt10 at checkout. That's promo code Matt10 for 10% off everything from Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing. And, uh, oh, find everything you need from uh, Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing, of course, plus the rest of our uh, friendly listener-owned businesses, including Hero Soap Company, Western Razor Company, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more. That's at com slash deals. Deals by listeners for listeners. And don't forget, our three signature soaps are still available from Hero Soap Company. If you haven't picked them up yet, what the hell did you do with your showering this past year? You can try Timberline and Old West from yours truly. Or you can get Oat Plus Almond from Blonde. Or try all three. Plus.
1: Don't do it at the same time. It creates a caustic mixture of chemicals that will just blow 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 you up. I don't, I don't
0: know if you want uh, Timberline... <laughs> cool what's the joke here timberline tingles your nuts but it's not meant to be mixed with nuts cuz yours is almond uh, something there
1: mm-hmm. should
0: have written the copy before the show clearly
1: yeah damn you
0: promo code mc listener for 10% off everything uh, at hero soap company.com find more information at slash deals as well couple of announcements before we get into the news um This is the last week of the Tower of Babel hydroponics kit sweepstakes. Uh, So uh, remember each stream in December, Blonde and I are noting the best, funniest, most clever super chat messages with one of two sounds. You'll hear either this one.
2: (laughs) Oh my God, that is funny!
0: Or you will hear Dear Emmeline. Coming in January, we will randomly select one lucky winner out of these extra funny super chatters to win an Eden Tower hydroponics kit from our friends at Hope Innovations. That's over a $1,000 value. And with it, of course, you can grow your own food right at home. You don't need any special skills. You just need a little bit of space. Now, remember, the one hitch here is if you are selected with one of those sounders and you want to win, I need your email address to make that happen. So head on over to the giveaway page on my website. Matt slash giveaway is one way to get there, or you can find it linked on the homepage. Uh, and all I need you to do is enter the email address that corresponds with your super chat ID. It's the only way I can contact you. If you win, I won't share your email address. Scouts honor uh, for all the giveaway information or to learn more about hydroponics kits from hope innovations, or for a special Matt and blonde show listener, exclusive $200 discount on one of these hydroponics kits uh, kits check out the giveaway page on my website. Again, maddys.gay slash giveaway. We will announce the winner of the giveaway next month. So sit tight. Uh, Last thing I want to say, just another piece of housekeeping here. I probably talk about uh, the Bible study too infrequently on the Sunday show. It's kind of this niche community that uh, carries on and I, I almost never mention it anymore. So I figure that the new year is a good time to do that because if your new year's resolution includes getting closer to God or learning more about scripture, or maybe you just want to meet fellow listeners of this show who are interested in the Bible. Uh, You can always, uh, you're always welcome. You can always join our weekly Bible study. It's hosted Friday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time on Zoom. If you join live, it's interactive with questions and discussion. The weekly study is also posted as a podcast, so you can listen on your own time, of course. Uh, And uh, right now we're working our way through Acts but you don't need any prior knowledge or experience to join the study at any time. We'd love to have you check out the Bible study page of my website. Also linked on the homepage. If you'd like to learn more, Matt dot com slash Bible dash study. All right. Into the news. Uh, well, I, the, the emailer who tipped me off to this story, he said, cue that I will remember you music. <laughs> I should yeah. have made an, I will remember you montage just a little short on time. Uh, this holiday weekend, but, uh, well, did you, did you ever get to see this garden in person? I know you make your Seattle visits sometimes.
1: I did not No. Okay. Well,
0: what's the, the Chaz garden, the infamous Chaz garden mm. with the, why did they put cardboard down under it? I don't even know. They laid down cardboard. I think it was
1: just turf, right? Is that
0: what they did? I, the, the communal garden at Chaz in Seattle is no more. The city has finally demolished it.
1: Yes, yeah, a uh, Cal Anderson Park, the most needle-filled and disgusting park in Seattle. Uh, yeah, so they uh, demoed it today. Dozens of Seattle police officers showed up with some cleanup crews to begin, clear- begin clearing the site, um, and then, of course, they had to get some people living in tents in Cal Anderson Park out of there. And then they set up some fences, and some people got pissed, and then they had to mace some of the protesters. But everything else was fine.
0: The reporting I have says the resistance was mostly peaceful.
1: Mostly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Unironically, they said the meme in the reporting. But yes, I can't believe they deprived these hobos of such a vital food source.
2: Dozens of Seattle police officers stood watch as city crews quickly dismantled the Black Lives Memorial Garden at Cal Anderson Park. People have been camping at the park, including Cordes Mullen, were told to pack up. This was a wonderful thing in a bad situation and it came to an an abrupt end uh, that it's just there's no cause for it and I just don't see uh, the community winning out of this. The removal was mostly peaceful and no arrests were made, but later some activists tried to tear down the fencing set up around the garden and were pepper sprayed by security officers. Our cameras captured at least two separate incidents. The government uh, taking some of our liberties and our freedoms. The garden was planted <laughs> during the racial justice protests of 2020 and was meant to honor Black and Indigenous people who were killed by police. I mean, especially if somebody you know put it up there for the Black Lives Matter, it'd be nice to be put it back.
0: However, the city says the garden was also marked by vandalism, drug use, illegal overnight
2: camping, and rodents. I know there's a bunch of rats around here at nighttime. There's, I mean, this uh, the rat problem around here is real bad.
0: But if the rats are for Black Lives Matter, we should probably keep them around.
1: Yeah, it's fine then. Yeah. What is, I like how he says, like, some people are camping here, like a, like a family of four white people. was. Just, they were just like, oh, let's get our tents and we'll just go for a little camp at Cal That's, Anderson Park.
0: They, that is what they call it, at least here in Montana news reporting. This just has to be a term elsewhere. They must have borrowed it. But when they talk about homelessness in Bozeman and Missoula, they use the term urban camping. They don't even say homelessness anymore.
1: That is some asinine
0: 1984 shit. Yeah. But, uh, well, I, I can't believe the commune didn't work. If only they had, uh, the state demolishing the commune, I'm sure they'll go with here. Oh, if only we, we just needed more state support for the commune, I suppose is, uh, is, is what, uh, doomed this one. they'll, they'll get it. They'll get it right next time. We will surely see, uh, workers and, uh, well, well, I'm sure they'll abolish hunger and they'll achieve worker justice next time they try this communal garden in Seattle. One more attempt later. Uh, also, there is, uh, well, there's a bill in Ohio where there was to uh, ban several things related to transgenderism and children that the governor has now vetoed. And uh, so uh, there's that piece of the story. And then there's this, this crazy lady who spoke in opposition to this bill, which I want to get to because yes. it's unbelievable that these people are serious, but uh, what's the context of this, this bill that was just vetoed.
1: So governor Mike DeWine's shit eating grin. Where's that guy?
0: No. Oh, yeah. We haven't heard from that channel for a little <laughs> while. I yes, that was a good
1: one. Uh, he vetoed legislation that would have barred transgender youth from receiving gender affirming care, gender affirming care. Yeah. And what he said about this is that signing the bill would be saying that the state and the government know better than for the youth than the parents okay. which seems reasonable but is insane okay well
0: yeah I mean if you take is that in here oh yeah okay My parents are trying state-
1: to put their kids on HRT and cut their dicks off then anybody else knows better
0: there the have to be to limitations yeah. to that reasoning that is to say well if you don't let parents kill their kids that's kind of like that's really the state yeah. telling parents that they know better how to raise them there are lines of immorality that we, of course, yeah, that w- in which we support uh, state intervention all the time. The question is, th- is this one so legislation? Okay, so it this includes, all, but yeah, sorry,
1: it includes um, hormone blockers, HRT, medical surgical procedures, and some mental health services. However, this article goes on to say that most minors that seek out. Um, gender affirming care that two thirds of them do not have even medication, which I don't believe that at all. And that means that a third of them are going at a minimum are going on HRT and getting um, gender reassignment surgery.
0: Well, and this argument is always so preposterous too, Where Oh, you know, very few of them, almost none ever get surgery. So there's no point in banning it. Well, if it's, if it's a never event, what, why the opposition to the banning? And number two, just because a crime is rare, does not that's not an argument for the crime being legal
1: i'm not convinced it's rare either I'm, I'm i think this is bullshit i would like to see some some hard data on this collected from a, by an unbiased source um and the bill also prohibits transgender athletes from playing in um female sports
0: or yeah would have if he did he comment on that well, i wonder does, does he opposed that too because he vetoed that in combination with the I don't thing, know, but,
1: but he, he had a really crafty response. This was very smart, the way that he played this. Hmm. Like, he placated leftists while still seemingly maintaining a pro-family right-wing position. Like, I read what he said about this, and I was like, damn, that is just chef's well, kiss. Yeah. Of politicking I, to, right there. To give
0: him as much credit as possible, um, or to try to take his position or steel man it, yeah, when in doubt, I'm always going to come down on the sides on the side of parental rights and in favor of parents raising their kids with the lightest touch of government intervention as possible. But if we grant the premise that there is such a thing as child abuse, that a parent could physically abuse a child to an extent that would justify state intervention, is this right. not then that? we've
1: already granted? Then we've already granted that there is a line, uh, through which, if crossed, there must be some kind of state intervention or at least a prevention yeah so i don't really know what he's talking about here but it was really crafty.
0: well and if you need any further demonstration not that our audience does but just in case if you need any further demonstration that this is abusive that this is social contagion consider the testimony of laura robertson boyd a woman from columbus who spoke to the state legislature in opposition to this bill earlier this month as in she's saying i don't think we should ban gender transitions for children why well because both of her kids are trans so she's terrified of them committing suicide since trannies commit suicide or attempt suicide at a disproportionately high rate and she says in fact this fear is now realized in her because both of her trans children have now attempted suicide again when i first started writing testimony two years ago i shared that uh, my greatest fear for my two transgender children as a parent is the risk of suicide we've heard about that a lot tonight and
2: it's real it's not hypothetical since i first wrote those words it went from being a fear to being a reality both of my children have attempted suicide i have so much more passion i could share with you but i will stop there
1: okay little miss uh hyphenated last name okay that's the first <laughs> this is it robertson boyd you can't it trust starts the with the hyphenated
0: name. name and pretty soon you're doing this
1: that's true. Yeah. Um th- I hate this. In science, you you can never establish causation uh in this way that we're allowing it to happen in the transgender discussion. It's like obviously if you're going to establish causation, it's due to these people having p- major pre-existing mental health issues.
0: Yeah, or yeah. A- a- another way too, this this mother has injected delusion into them to the degree that they now want to kill themselves. Yeah. And instead of the answer being, lady, maybe don't do that. Maybe get a reality check. No, the answer is all of us have to be coerced to uphold this delusion by the force of the state. Now, again, I know in this context. Am I right to think
1: that they both have gone through HRT?
0: I would assume when she says she has two transgender children, there's some intervention. But we don't, based on this commentary, we don't know that. But uh, man what are the odds? You know, the odds of having one transgender child are, are very very low. Two, is she was struck by tranny lightning this lady. Mm, is yes. it did was she struck by tranny lightning or is this a person with an ideological commitment to the abuse of her children? What's more likely?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, yeah.
0: So, uh, you know, I mean, I, again, I say this as someone who is skeptical of state intervention between parent and child, but I I don't look at a woman like her any differently or significantly differently from someone who otherwise physically abuses his kid. That's what she's doing. That's what she's arguing in favor of. She's arguing in favor of confusing her children potential up to and including physiological alteration, uh, anatomical alteration.
1: This is worse than beating your kids. Let's be real because you can go to therapy. You can deal with your childhood trauma. You can't grow back your dick. (laughs) What are these kids going to do? It's (laughs) like, once you you've gone through these, it's you're, you're just fucked for life. Totally fucked. It's not just the trauma. It's the physical alteration.
0: What, uh, what's the term for killing your mom? Like matricide or something?
1: Matricide, yeah. Uh,
0: how many trainees have attempted matricide? We know the suicide stats, but what's, what are the yeah, matricide really? stats? Those are fourth Not
1: enough. It's like, don't kill yourself, kill your mom. Yeah. What's wrong with you guys?
0: Yeah, <laughs> we'll understand. Hypothetically, <laughs> defensively, kind of defensively, Raja Mohan, it's sort of, it's delayed, but there's a defensive yeah. component.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see that, yeah.
0: Anyway, uh, the big news of the weekend, unless you had more to say about this. That's about all I have on it, but.
1: Nope.
0: The big news of the week uh, is that Trump, well. Big news is this crazy man lady. But the context before that was that uh, or is that Trump is back on the Colorado ballot. This, of course, after the Colorado Supreme Court ruled him ineligible the other week by virtue of the 14th Amendment's insurrection prohibition from office to the extent that such a thing even exists for the president, which I don't think it does. And a lot of people don't think it does. But that's the argument. Recall the Colorado Supreme Court stayed or paused its own decision Uh, in anticipation of the Supreme Court reviewing the case. So Trump was never actually removed from the Colorado primary ballot, but theoretically could have been this week, this coming week, um, if the Supreme Court decides not to hear the case or otherwise affirms the Colorado Supreme Court. Well, this week, the Colorado Republican Party officially filed an appeal with the U.S. Supreme Court. So until the Supreme Court says anything about this case, the Colorado Secretary of State now says Trump will be on the state primary ballot when certification of that ballot happens on January 5th. This move is separate from what is still expected to be a Trump campaign appeal to the Supreme Court as well, but that's still forthcoming. So Colorado, Trump is back on for that primary ballot. But a new villain has entered the chat. Colorado may be back to normal, but here is some woman called Shanna Bellows. Nobody knew who she was five seconds ago. Now we all do, and that's probably... At least part of the point. She's done the tour. She's the darling of the CNNs and the MSNBCs right now, but she is the Secretary of State for Maine. On Thursday, she released a ruling that finds that Trump's candid- uh, candidacy for the state's upcoming GOP primary is invalid on the same general reasoning. The 14th Amendment says no insurrectionists. I like the term insurrectioners, though. That's, uh, I'm going to go with insurrectioners. Uh, sounds made up. <laughs> well, Trump is an insurrectioner, she says. So he is—he's uh, banned by the unilateral power vested in her by main law. Somehow she says she is the sole decider of who commits insurrection and who doesn't, and she says Trump has, and so he's banned. Of course, there is an, uh, an appeal process here too. Trump could challenge to the state supreme court, which his lawyers have already said they will. The decision could also be appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court, theoretically. I don't know. Maybe the Supreme court finds a way to consider both of these together since they follow the same sort of reasoning one way or another. We're Can they gonna... do that? A lot of times cases get joined if they're the same mm-hmm. sort of legal question with the same sort of arguments, but interesting. Yeah. We'll see. That'd be we'll a see twist. what happens here. Uh, <clears throat> but unless, uh, unless and until something additional happens in this case for now, my understanding is Trump is off the ballot in Maine because this crazy lady says so. Now there is, this, this primary is not until um, March 5th. I think that's a super Tuesday primary, if I'm not mistaken. So there is still time for all of this to play out. It's not like it's happening tomorrow. And in all likelihood, he probably will be on that ballot. But, you know, if nothing changed, he wouldn't be. So that brings us to her reasoning. Now, uh, on my Wednesday show on the 20th and then a bit on last Sunday's show, we went through uh, – a lot of the flaws in this 14th Amendment Trump is ineligible insurrectionist argument. So I'm not going to go through all of that in detail again, but the problems generally itemized are Trump is convicted of nothing, received no due process in the assignment of guilt here. And number two, that the 14th Amendment is actually pretty clearly not talking about the president in Section 3, the relevant section that they're citing, because it lists offices several different offices, but not the presidency. And it references an oath that is not the president's. But well, obviously, then how are they
1: making this case?
0: They just are they kinda, saying
1: that it was an accidental omission or something?
0: As far as I'm aware. Uh, so on the first argument, they say, and she'll get to this, that a conviction is not a necessary component of the 14th Amendment's ban. It doesn't. It says someone who. Is it it's uh, committed or engaged in insurrection? I forget the language, but it does not say convicted. So they say that conviction in a court of law is not a necessary component. And then on the second point, uh, I don't know that I've heard them counter this. When you say that the 14th Amendment is not talking about the president for reasons A and B. As far as I'm aware, the counter argument is nah. it totally is. And I'm not trying to be dismissive. I actually have not heard the better argument other than it says you won't you can't hold federal office which is a general term that could theoretically include the president but then it goes on to say congressmen senators uh, military officers people who hold federal office but you know it doesn't say but not the president it just does not list the president in a list right. of other things right. anyway obviously the main secretary of state disagrees and so she's doing the media tour to explain her reasoning. Here she is on CNN within uh, the last couple of days.
2: Maine law specifically delegates to me as secretary of state, a requirement to review the qualifications for any candidate running for office under mean law. Any registered voter can bring a challenge to that qualification. In this case, there were three challenges and I was required by law to hold a hearing an administrative hearing to review the evidence hear testimony Uh, Both sides were represented by counsel, Mr. Trump was represented by an attorney, and then I'm required to issue a decision. My first and foremost obligation is my oath to uphold the Constitution and the rule of law. Different states are different. For example, our neighboring New Hampshire, there are more than a dozen candidates on the Democratic presidential ballot, but Mr. Joseph Biden is not on the Democratic presidential primary ballot in New Hampshire, and there are more than a dozen Republican candidates. In Maine, there are two candidates on the Democratic presidential primary ballot and less than a dozen Republican presidential candidates. I don't think that I'm permitted to put an 18-year-old on the ballot or a non-citizen on the ballot. I reviewed Section 3 of the 14th Amendment very carefully and determined that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment does not say conviction. It says engage. It was, in fact, an insurrection. And Mr. Trump engaged in that insurrection under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment.
0: Okay. (laughs) Uh, first, before I even get to the uh, legal argument here, we have to get to the important matters, which is we need a phrenology report, physiognomy report. I always confuse the two.
1: Doesn't she look like that cop like in 20 years, that cop that got railed out by the whole force?
0: She fits. She fits the pattern.
1: There's some sort of like pointy chin, big eyed, upside down, triangle face phenotype that I've been seeing lately. I don't Uh, know what it is.
0: Yeah, I don't have a better photo than this one in the New York Times, but that's the one I'll go with. Uh, Second of all, I don't believe her for a second when she says that, well, I would never I would never allow a non-citizen on the ballot. Just wait till the Democrat Party nominates one and then let's see if you'll allow a non-citizen on the ballot. Give it like a couple years tops and then you'll say, well, actually, the 14th Amendment says otherwise or whatever the relevant uh, constitutional uh, provision is. Uh, Okay, but let's let's talk about her argument here. Maine law does not delegate the power to her and to her alone to determine who is an insurrectionist under the 14th Amendment. She is not a criminal court of law, as we just discussed. She is not a jury of Trump's peers. And even if you want to say, well, it doesn't require a criminal conviction in in the court of law sense that we think about it. The 14th Amendment says, in addition to. Everyone's entitled to due process, which also seems inconsistent with this reasoning. The 14th Amendment, Section 5, as we've mentioned, says Congress shall, Congress, not her, Congress (laughs) shall enforce the terms of that amendment. Mm -hmm. Congress has made no such declaration. The argument about states differing, I find to be completely incoherent. She's saying states reserve the right to determine ballot qualification. And that's why you see more candidates on the ballot in New Hampshire, fewer candidates on the ballot in Maine. OK, I suppose that different states have different signature requirements and all that. But in this case, you are making an argument about federal constitutional language to justify right. your decision. Right. So if Trump is an insurrectionist under the 14th Amendment, by her reasoning, he must be ineligible in all states and not states. just right. her state. She's or, talking about
1: enacting broad restrictions. So I don't, I don't really understand how she could possibly apply this only to me.
0: Unless her argument is every state should be entitled to its own interpretation and application of the 14th amendment, which would which I'm make sure is not her argument. Hey man, yeah. I'm li- Like any, any expansion of state's rights. I'm listening. I'm listening. Yeah. Go on, please. Uh, but I- if you were to do that, it would be especially odd because the whole purpose of the 14th Amendment was to extend those equal protection and due process rights to the people through their states. It was to apply to the states explicitly. Um, but if you did that and every state is entitled to its own un- interpretation and application of the 14th Amendment, well, the, fe- the federal 14th Amendment would become meaningless, at least in its application to the states. It would render her argument moot. If Everyone, it's just this is whatever I say it is. OK, well, then it doesn't really mean anything. Um, now, on the argument that the 14th Amendment doesn't say conviction, as I mentioned, and I feel like we've talked about this a couple of times, so I won't belabor the point. But the 14th Amendment What's is the
1: exact language. Does it say involvement engagement? Is that-
0: it, well, in Section three. Yeah. If you engage in insurrection or rebellion, you are banned. But otherwise, the 14th Amendment is literally about due process as a requirement before the removal of life, liberty and property. <clears throat> the 14th Amendment, in fact, does not say conviction at all in any context. It's pretty clearly talking about due process necessary for a criminal conviction. That is how we have always applied the amendment. So if the argument, well, it doesn't say conviction. OK, well, then no criminal in any court of law in this country, at least through the 14th Amendment, is entitled to due process protections. Right. You know you know what the due process uh, clause does protect, though? Mm-hmm. Gay butt sex and abortions. That's confirmed. For but sure. criminal yeah. convictions, uh, no, nothing, nothing to do with that. The okay. <laughs> We've gone so far. The whole concept of substantive due process is what Thomas rips all the time, like the stupid penumbra bullshit. The, the The originalist perspective on that would be: no, due process is a court process concept. It's not a guarantee to a bunch of other nonsense rights that you make up. Now we've gone so far away from the original intent. Uh, of this due process clause. It's no longer talking about criminal procedure at all. It's only talking about gay, bot sex and abortions. The secret (laughs) has nothing to do with criminal process actually. And I, I just, to this main secretary of state or anyone else making this argument, I'll listen when you can tell me any other context in American law in which we assign guilt without due process in which we assign guilt just on the whim of some bureaucrat. In what other context of American law do we do that? uh
1: yes but it was her moral obligation uh, don't you know only she can make this determination and she was obligated to.
0: and then she's i'll give her credit she 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 speaks better than your average vocal fry bitch although she is kind of a vocal fry bitch maybe a little bit but her argument here is a dressed up way of no no i'm not unprecedented you're unprecedented trump's unprecedented the whole world's unprecedented but not me
2: Yep. I am so mindful, and I, I said this in my decision, uh, that it is unprecedented. No secretary of state has ever deprived a presidential candidate of ballot access based on Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. But no presidential candidate has ever engaged in insurrection and been disqualified under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment.
1: Gotcha. I'm talking bitch. God.
0: <laughs> <sighs> Maybe the reason it's never been done before is because you're just wrong. That would be another explanation for why it hasn't been done before. In no other area of American law do we put this much power in one person to determine guilt in an allegation. There is a reason that is unprecedented because it's contrary to every concept of fairness that we have in the Constitution or just the philosophical foundations of this country. I wanted to know more about who actually brought the challenge this time to Trump's eligibility. This lady, as we'll get, she's pretty obviously a Democrat hack. I know you spent some time looking at her backstory, so we'll get to that. Uh, But I'm curious about who's bringing the challenge. She said any registered Maine voter can bring a, a, a candidate challenge to her, which happened in this case. There were three separate challenges. One is from Mary Ann Royal. One is from a group of people. They're Kimberly Rosen, Thomas Saviello, and Ethan Strimling. Both of these challenges made the 14th Amendment argument that we're talking about now. There was a third challenge from Paul Gordon, who argued that Trump is ineligible under the 22nd Amendment, which limits presidents to two terms. Do I have that? What? Uh, hold on. Let me. F- yeah, this was a bizarre argument. So let me. I don't know if I have the frame ready to go, but here it is. Uh Yeah. So I had to look this up to read through her decision to figure out what this even what they're saying here. The argument uh, says that since Trump says that he won in 2020. By his own reasoning, he already had two terms and he can't run again. (laughs) That's what this guy said. And. For as crazy as the main secretary of state appears to be, she did not accept that argument. She said, <laughs> no, you yeah. actually have to serve the terms for it to count as mm-hmm. two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that one didn't pass. She went only on this 14th Amendment, Section 3 stuff. So who are these challengers? Are they, um, are they concerned citizens just looking out for the integrity of our democracy and Constitution? Of course. Well, maybe. I don't, some of, a lot of them are kind of no-names, though I'm I mean, going to guess they have their own, now. Their own motivations in uh who they are and what they're doing here but um i did notice reading through her decision that another name pops up she received timely applications to intervene from citizens for responsibility and ethics in washington otherwise known by the acronym crew crew they are the exact same people who brought the challenge the successful challenge in colorado oh man What are the odds again? The Democrat strategy is just throw as much, throw as many shitty lawsuits out there as you can until you find these partisan hacks to go along with them. We, 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 we gotta, we gotta get the shitty lawsuit gun, the shitty lawsuit fire hose. That's the only way we're going to win this war is with a bigger shitty lawsuit fire hose than they have. I'm convinced now you've totally, you've brought me on board with this. Bring on all the (laughs) shitty lawyers that we can possibly get.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: Uh, But but uh, okay. so the the, as far as who these people are, uh, at least one is a partisan Democrat politician. Ethan Strimling is the Democrat mayor of Portland, and this is the other Portland. Not it's not quite as bad, but it seems like it's it's getting there. The other two are former state senators, Kim Rosen, a Republican, and Tom Saviello, a former Republican, now independent. Paul Gordon, the guy who made this kooky 22nd Amendment argument. He appears to be just a crazy rando, like a lawyer of some <laughs> kind. But like he, I don't even know what, who he is. But what we're watching here is just a heckler's veto to democracy or precious democracy. This guy doesn't like Trump. He cries to this lady and this lady unilaterally says he's ineligible. All on whim, not due process. It's a total violation for Trump, obviously, but it's a total violation for voters. Uh, this lady is looking us all just like the Colorado Supreme Court. just looking us all in the face. Expecting us to take her seriously, saying she's defending democracy by removing your choices. Thanks, mom. Yeah. You know, yeah. your mom is defending your dinner by removing candy, too. But You're an adult. You can have candy for dinner if you want. That's not her business to limit you in that way. I have rarely seen a, um, an official, a politician, a bureaucrat, just a more needed case for a Big Bird costume. This woman is begging for it. Well-deserved.
1: It's going to happen never gonna happen
0: she actually uh she did get swatted today you know everyone's getting swatted right yeah. now have you seen this I
1: sticks was
0: everybody sticks has been swatted multiple times i think now uh she got swatted today and uh i will say that that's very terrible and very wrong the big bird costume is the uh, appropriate solution not swatting uh morally correct big bird costumes is the only way no, I have to confess when I sent this to you earlier today, I said, I'll allow it, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. no, I don't know. Swatting is bull. swatting is a bullshit move even for her, but, uh, you know.
1: Yeah. Cause somebody can get killed.
0: <sighs> it's uh, it, it should be treated as attempted murder, but
1: oh yeah, 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 anyway,
0: so fine. I'll disavow the swatting, but she still needs something. She needs a stern talking to Raja Mahan.
1: The old T and F, and I'm not talking about that porno TNF. i I'm talking about the wait. There's the porn T and F.
0: I guess I know what the T is, but I guess I know what a T F would be. But what's T and F?
1: Okay, T F. Yeah, just T
0: right, F. All right, I understand that.
1: I'm the naive one for thinking it was T and F. That doesn't make sense grammatically, now, does it? No.
0: I I was uh, well it. <laughs> Her sources appear to be questionable in her reasoning. Not just her reasoning, but her sourcing here. Even the CNN legal analyst is saying this decision is legal nonsense. Former federal prosecutor Ellie Honig. Got to be very careful with that name. Ellie Honig says the main secretary of state used irrelevant evidence in a process that lacks any fairness to make a determination that she is not legally authorized (coughs) to make anyway.
2: If you look at the hearing, and she details this in the, in the ruling, they heard from one fact witness, a law professor. She based her ruling on a lot of documents, but also YouTube clips, news reports, things that would never pass the bar in normal court. This hearing, look, it doesn't have to be a criminal trial. We don't have to have all the protections. But I think the argument you'll hear from opponents is, one, not up to the states to do this. This is why we have all different decisions from all different states. And two, the procedures were not up to snuff.
0: I was curious about this claim of YouTube videos. She she used YouTube videos to make her argument. Obviously, I'm not here to discredit YouTube videos as uh, valid sources. In fact, I think they're the <laughs> finest, most reliable, trustworthy sources there are.
1: Don't make that claim either. It just opens up <laughs> such a liability. Come on.
0: Uh, but I thought, what is this video? Did she watch like uh, Young Turks or something? Uh, th- is that where she got her argument? I wanted, I was really curious about that her decision says part of the evidence in the case was a YouTube video presented by this state representative. So that doesn't tell us what it is though, because there's no citation. There are other parts of the report that say um, there were other, other video evidence in the record. Again, doesn't describe what it is. So you were searching around to try to find what this, what this, um, what these YouTube videos may have been. There is some additional information. Uh, according kind to, of. Uh, there's a little bit of specifics. Uh, According to Newsweek, the videos included Trump speaking on January 6th, as well as Trump interviews and commentary afterward. And then there's one specific clip from November 2015 in which Trump was interrupted by a protester at a Massachusetts speech and said, You know, it's amazing. I mentioned food stamps and that guy who's seriously overweight went crazy. Amazing. Amazing. That is an amazing sight. Asked by Bellows about the clip's relevance, Gaines, who's the attorney presenting this evidence, said the clips, quote, show a pattern of behavior by President Trump where he encouraged or applauded violent behavior by his supporters. Not clear what the violence was that was promoted in that What? Scene. Even the Secretary of State did not consider that clip in her evaluation, apparently. Now, in fairness, there were, I think there's one other clip that, they, that he supposedly showed where Trump said you should punch a guy. But it wasn't it wasn't even on January 6th, February 2016 in Las Vegas. Protester interrupted him. You know what they used to do to a guy like that in a place like this? He'd be carried out in a stretcher, folks. Trump also said that he wanted to, quote, punch him in the face. So different imagine
1: telling the founders what was going on, who would be the insurrectionists in the view of the founders at this point in time?
0: It's like uh oh we we have a, a suspect in an assault case. How do you know it was him? Well, he once said 5 years ago that he wanted to punch a guy. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Uh no, that would be the uh that would be it on the evidence. Well, he's free to go. We got a lot of reasonable doubt in this case. Anyway. Um <laughs> I was just thinking when she finally gets her big bird costume, though, I hope I hope it's because of a YouTube video. That's all I could say. (laughs) Definitely not this YouTube video, a different YouTube video. It's not just the CNN analyst who uh, is critical of her case here. There are other Maine politicians and even some Democrats criticizing it. Susan Collins, Maine's Republican senator, who, in fact, voted to convict Trump in the January 6th impeachment, said main voters should decide who wins the election, not a secretary of state who isn't even selected by the people. She's selected by the legislature. Jared Golden, that Democrat congressman who was last seen crying at the podium because he's changed his mind about an assault weapons ban because that one crazy guy shot up a bowling alley in his district, so now it matters. He also said this decision is wrong. In a statement, he said, I voted to impeach Trump for January 6th. I do not believe he should be reelected as president. However, we are a nation of laws. Therefore, until he is actually found guilty of the crime of insurrection, he should be allowed on the ballot. And I, I'm so conflicted because I feel like this, this inclination to be like, wow, congratulations. You agree on like a fundamental principle of criminal justice. It's like, am I supposed to, is that, this is the baseline stuff that we're all (laughs) supposed to agree on as a country. I'm not supposed to like offer him appreciation for that. Mm-hmm. And if you go read the responses to guys like him, it is full of progressives calling him a traitor to this country. And i be like, okay, <laughs> I mean, that's like baseline level constitutional theme, but okay.
1: Yeah. I guess he can come over to the right. We're apparently we're taking anybody. These days.
0: Well, he has to stop crying and mm-hmm. he has to change his mind again about assault weapons. Or else he's out.
1: I don't, is that even criteria to be on the right anymore? I don't think so.
0: Well, it is for me. I don't. Well, I don't know. I, not that I'm the gatekeeper. I, you ha- listen. You have to get through me to get to the right. Okay, I decide. <laughs> I'm like the Secretary of State. I'm the decider on this one. <laughs> anyway, uh, I want to talk about her background too, because it's not surprising to learn that she uh, she has several photos of herself giddy with Obama and Biden. Yeah, but what I mean, I assume that her background is a lot of exactly what we'd expect.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, these people, they come out of nowhere, although um, she has been in the main Senate since 2016. So she's not coming out of nowhere. That's but, okay. know, so a state politician. Win.
0: She did run against Susan mm-hmm. Collins for mm-hmm. U.S. Senate back in 2014. I know that. Yep.
1: Yep. Sworn into her first two year term in 2021. Uh, so I thought some stuff on her resume was, was notable. Uh, She led the Holocaust and Human Rights Center of Maine as executive director, 2018 to 2020, 2005, 2013, executive director of ACLU, uh, Maine chapter. (laughs) The Uh, ACLU
0: jokes continue. My God. I
1: know. uh, Co-chaired a successful 2011 statewide ballot campaign to restore same day voter registration. She's also in a number of
0: cybersecurity groups. No. So she's the one who hacks the uh, voting machines.
1: No, I doubt that she has the uh, ability to do
0: that. But She's the no. one who hires the guys who hacked the voting machine. It's true. Yeah. yeah.
1: All, of, all of her credentials seem to go in one way. All like, right. Unsurprisingly.
0: There was one last piece of this story that I saw on Twitter earlier today, and I thought it, that's got to be too good to be true. Unfortunately, it turned out to be exactly. that.
1: Oh, my
0: wife sent it to me as one of her many good finds. You know, some of the best stuff that I have for this show is is message to me from her but I assume you are familiar with the hallway chirp meme. Okay. If, pe- if people are unfamiliar for whatever reason you may draw for yourself, there are quite a lot of videos of commentators of color speaking with their smoke detectors, beeping in the background to indicate low battery and some very bad, morally corrupt people sometimes suggest there may be conclusions to be drawn from that phenomenon. Well, earlier today, I saw a clip that allegedly showed Maine Secretary of State Shanna Bellos experiencing the mysterious hallway chirp.
2: What Secretary Griswold just said and named is something that was unimaginable two years ago or 10 years ago, and that is election sabotage. It is a crystal clear example of what's <laughs> happening all across the country.
0: Was it fake? it's a pretty good edit because they, they put it in right when her eyes shift toward the ceiling as <laughs> though she's responding. Uh, but yeah, I, it, oh. it was pretty quick to find the original C, uh, a C span source. It's from October, 2021. I just, I searched it for the words that she said there. It pops right up. The chirp is not in there. Oh. I will link it in the show sources. If you don't believe me, the chirp is absent, unfortunately, but it, it you know, would have been, would have been funny. Anyway, that's all I got to say on that crazy lady. Unless you have anything else probably do for a super chat break here.
1: Nope, I do need to go to the bathroom. Now.
0: Well, let me uh, hop into some chats then.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Let's see. Stand over... up here. Just...
1: What? Just stand up here. It's going to be a whole thing. Alright.
0: <clears throat> Alright. I, I won't interrupt the show. What'd you say? I said I won't interrupt the show, but I need like a drum roll. We had a, it's a great reveal ta-da oh well, it was there for a second alright I hope it was worth the wait <laughs> over on Rumble crumb of hell I'll need to order some Timberline soap to hopefully cool suppress my apparent pedophilic appreciation of the breasts in Return of the Living Dead 3 PS Reanimator is the better movie now I'm not saying like you're definitely a pedophile if you have uh, thoughts of appreciation for it I'm just saying just because the thing isn't actually the thing, it could still be weird or I don't know. Like, well, I'll say, I'll save my, I have some thoughts on this that people will probably find controversial. We can get to that later in the movie review. That's where it belongs. Oh, but no, I'm not going to call you a pedophile, Chrome of hell. And thanks for supporting the show. Ginger Ninja, 1776 in Maine, that crazy bitch said that in the early drafting of article three, the president was listed. So, since they removed the president from article three, they definitely intended to include it from the president. I didn't know that. Is that actually uh historically true? That's news to me. If, uh, if so, I'm gonna have to look that up because if that's, if that's correct, then that is, that seems pretty definitive. Um, we had ginger ninja in the rumble chat here. She was saying that the main, the main secretary of state had said at one point that in the early drafting of article three, the president was listed and so and the main secretary of state said, so since they removed the president from Article 3 of the 14th Amendment or Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, uh, they definitely intended to include the president. I don't know the historical. I don't know the. It
1: the, doesn't that mean they definitely didn't intend to include the president? Well,
0: she's making an argument that's bizarre, because if it was in there and they removed it, that would be a clear demonstration of intent to have it absent. Right. Uh, I don't know the history of the drafting of the 14th Amendment, but now I got to look that up, because if that's uh-huh. correct, that is pretty definitive evidence. Thank you for that uh, tidbit, engine Ninja, and for supporting the show as well. Odyssey, we're good. I forgot to open D Live. If you want to start with a, a, a YouTube or a Tippy chat or two, I'll, I'll check D Live here.
1: You guys, my bathroom is just right there. That was a normal amount of time to pee.
0: Are they saying it was long or short? Short. Well. The thing with pregnancy is don't you have to go a million times? It's like pressing on your bladder all the time. So you're going yes. all the time.
1: Last night, uh, new all-time record nine times the middle of night.
0: Uh, Beth Ann and Mr. Nargis over in D-Life. Thanks for supporting the show.
1: Zors. Okay, I always forget if it's Zors or Zorsy. And Zors. It
0: rhymes with sores. Sores. Right. Zors mom has reminded me and I'll never forget.
1: Okay. Something that always bothered me in modern discourse is everyone referring to conservatives as the right? Conservatives, by their very name, seek to conserve. They're the resistance to change, not just against leftward, but annoyingly rightward. Uh, the furthest right any conservative is willing to push is for ground only recently lost. Find me a single Republican who openly opposes gay marriage today. Uh, conservatives are the center, if there ever was one. The show of internal political conflict the regime puts on is nothing more than left the center. Dressed up as lefty right in order to render actual right wing ideas is beyond consideration. I run into countless supposed right wingers who think that a Trump victory is a victory for the right. The regime has its opponents cheering for a fat materialist <laughs> who walked on stage with a pride flag. Don't forget that the right isn't ordained by the regime or bound to the Overton window. Truer words have never been spoken, as always. Uh, thank you. That was very articulate and concise. Um, that's absolutely true. I mean, if you look at. Even Pat Buchanan or somebody like Pat Buchanan, who would be viewed as like uh, somebody so far right today that most conservatives would find his position um, unpalatable. And now look at at conservatives from uh, the the 40s, the 30s, from the 1830s. I mean, we we just even even a, a moderate conservative today is like a communist leftist the past
0: do you remember when mitt romney called himself a severe conservative it was that 2012 <laughs> or 20 that was uh one of my favorite gaffes just because severe implies uh like punitive or damaging or something like that kind
1: of like it though
0: so, well you might be a severe conservative but mitt romney is definitely not no i i take the point that he's making for sure you I say this as someone who I fully acknowledge a lot of what I do is reacting to what other people do. People in in positions of cultural influence, people in political power. Uh, but you are allowed to articulate your own vision for what society ought to look like that does not simply respond or react to the craziness of other people. And, and you really right. ought to have that. You have to have a vision for what it should be that doesn't depend on like someone else. In, in opposition to someone else's degeneracy. That's totally true. And Um, that's
1: why I think both of us came from libertarian positions when society was a little bit more stable. Um, uh, Yeah. You do have the luxury of being a libertarian in a homogenous white functional society. Don't you? And now we've lost that luxury.
0: We are, Um, um, we are so upside down that the baseline level values that built the entire society that we have are treated as somehow controversial. So we don't, we don't have the world that we have right now, if not for these values, Mm -hmm. Totally. Uh, Start destroying them and find out. I I fear we're going to find out, of course. But uh, but yeah, I I appreciate your um, your enthusiasm and your spirit, as always, yours. And and the, the other thing I'll say there, too, is you're not bound by the Overton window in any context. And whether I agree or not, I always appreciate people who are willing to push that boundary of what is acceptable in terms of perspective and speech, just because that's that's key to a healthy search for the truth. And
1: yeah, yeah. So, but there is a, a great um, schism that's emerging on the right. But I think it's probably healthy. I, I've, I've been looking at people on the right and I like increasingly have nothing in common with them. And now that I'm seeing this spurned by calendar gate. No, Oh rise. God,
0: no, not calendar <laughs> gate. I thought I'd get through the whole night. All right.
1: You're, you, when you messaged me today, like we're not going to talk about it, but somebody's going to bring it up.
0: Like, I don't, don't give a him. single shit about calendar game.
1: I have never cared less about anything in my entire life. And people are just melting down about this. Um, I see the
0: I, I point haven't... that people think it's, it's, um, there's a level of hypocrisy in it and that it is a sexualized display for women who ought to be focused on more traditional roles. Um, there's a lot of allegations okay. that it's like yeah. softcore pornography and stuff, which to me is
1: that's asinine. getting a little
0: far, but you know, all right.
1: I don't know. I, I, I understand that we need to be principled, but also we're going to seriously lose momentum by getting hung up on uh, being lame hmm. on the right. This was such a nothing burger. I looked at those pic- like I read about the pictures before I looked at them. And then I looked at them and I was like, what? That being said, uh, none of these women have anything important to say. That's the real problem. Like when have you heard oh. any of these women? Well actually St. Clair is like a straight retard.
0: <laughs> How dare you? She provided <laughs> she's so dumb. We saw that clip last week at the airport. That was uh that was good reporting.
1: Yeah, I mean, but, whatever. She took a video of something that was happening in real time while she was there. Woo. Good job, lady. <laughs> like
0: Riley Gaines has done a lot for protection of women's sports, but maybe your wow. counter is women's sports existing is Why? wrong.
1: Why is, why is that a thing? Women's yeah. sports law.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I no, mean, I, uh, with the people who are critical, it's like in the purest, most principled sense, I can understand where you're coming from. And I, I get that. I like, I like pure principled application. I I, I do. Um, but I suppose it's it just my, my concern with it is like a, a priority error, like of all the things that are damaging society, you know, the like photos in this, and this causes calendar everybody
1: to melt down.
0: Yeah, I'm not interested in picking that fight to be, uh, yeah. to be frank, but anyway, <sighs> I said, we uh, weren't so going to talk about calendar gate bullshit. And there was five minutes of it.
1: Zach log, the great, uh, Rachel source for blacks, Jews, rude word for gays, crude reference to immigrants, graphically violent suggestion for what to do with them. There saved Matt, the effort for an uncensored version, find <laughs> Zach log on YouTube. WordPress.
0: Yeah. Uh, I didn't get it at first, but thank you. That is, um, that is an, a uh, super chat that doesn't need to be translated. It's pre-translated into Rajamahan acceptable terms. Yep. Thank you for you that.
1: Uga um, Matt and I once celebrated Christmas. He sat on my lap, and I asked him what he wanted. He said butt sex seventeen times in a two hour span. That's know, somebody disgusting did do an actual tally, and it was it was only sixteen times. Which well, today I said like it an- at least pro- twice. That's okay. Okay, they don't carry over from the last week. Um, let's circle back.
0: All right. Thank you guys for the chats. We will, uh, you know, you know what? Um, I, I I slipped my mind. I gotta, I gotta keep keep my mind on this because of course it's the last week. I, I'm in.
2: (laughs) Oh my God. That is funny. Before I move on,
0: I have to give Zach log credit for the clever pre-translated chat. Got to keep on top of it. I, I don't want to forget about the giveaway eligibility. So we'll have to, uh, in the in the last Super Chat segment of the show, man, it's the last chance on these. So let me uh, store this one, and then we'll be good to go. Since I still have not <laughs> created a better system for logging these eligible chats than, like, uh, crude copy and paste into, a, a, you know, Excel document. Yeah. Anyway, the duct tape always gets us through. All right, moving on to uh, to the other controversy of the week. And that is that Nikki Haley just couldn't say the word slavery. How dare she? Nikki Haley, politically speaking, is stumbling at the worst possible time, though, if you're a supporter of hers. And I'm told they exist, but it's kind of like a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. I've never seen one in real life. Like I've (laughs) seen the stadium there with people in it. And I've seen videos of Nikki Haley events, but I've never seen a real life Nikki Haley supporter. So they're theoretical. But she's such
1: mind. a boss babe and she's so articulate and beautiful.
0: Ooh. If you're not a Nikki Haley mm-hmm. supporter, you probably enjoy these stumbles. Um, but right when some are insisting that she's just she's gaining enough steam to, that she actually has a chance to, to win the Republican nomination if she can just perform well in New Hampshire and she can make it to her home state of South Carolina, that she actually has a shot. Well, those were always delusions. It looks like now those are going to be extra delusional because Nikki Haley is the political punching bag of the week as we roll right into the Iowa caucuses. Democrats are punching her, which is kind of a given in fairness, but Republicans are punching her. She's even punching herself a little bit right now. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, the punching is so brutal that I'm actually inclined to defend Nikki Haley a little Uh, bit. Yeah,
1: fine, me too.
0: But we'll get to that. All of the brutality is because at a campaign event in New Hampshire on Wednesday night, Nikki Haley took a simple question from an audience member What was the cause of the Civil War? And Nikki Haley meandered around about freedom and liberty and generic founding American value terms until the voter chastised her for not saying slavery. I did edit the exchange down just a little bit for time, but this is the bulk of the exchange. Thank you, Ambassador. Thank you. Please. um, What was the cause of the United States Civil War? Well,
1: don't come with an easy question or anything. I mean, I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run, the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. What do
2: you think the cause of the Civil War was? I'm sorry.
1: I'm not running for president. I, 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 I wanted to see
2: uh, your a good thing on the cause of the Civil War. I
1: mean, I think it always comes down to the role of government and what the rights of the people are,
2: and we. I will always stand by the fact that I think government was intended to secure the rights and freedoms of the people. It was never meant to be all things to all people. Thank you, and in in the year 2023, it's astonishing to me that you answer that question without mentioning the word slavery.
1: What do you want me to say about slavery?
2: No, um, uh, you answered my question, thank you.
1: Next question. I mean, he clearly was trying to bait her. I do buy this point that this was some sort of Democrat Plant. I don't think that that's, uh, that that's a super controversial thing for her to say. God, I hate that I'm defending her because she sounded like a retard. That was a word salad answer. And it was very obvious that she was trying to obfuscate and avoid talking about slavery. But she's right. in that the Civil War wasn't really about slavery. It wasn't. It wasn't about the moral quality of owning slaves. It was it was Almost purely economic, and establishing whether or not uh, states in a union had a right to secede for any reason, Uh, and I wish she would have done a better job answering it. But she was kind of close, right? She was like a little close.
0: Well, it's funny because as we'll get to, I think Vivek responding to this gave an answer that is very similar, just a little more specific, and he's not getting roasted at all. Mm. I obviously. If you ask me, I'm not going to take the position that slavery had nothing to do with the Civil War, which I guess is what they're trying to get her on. I think the, the truth of the matter here is that there, there was a fundamental dispute about who is going to uh, who is going to decide the issue of slavery and how it's going to be policed. And mm-hmm. slavery was the issue that made this war hot. But without a, an agreement on that question about the relationship between the states and the federal government to decide issues and police them, without an agreement on that, the conflict of the Civil War was something that was going to have to be resolved in one form or another eventually. And you could make the argument that without agreement on those questions, the Civil War would have happened without slavery at all. Yeah. And so I do think that like the substance of of – Nikki Haley's answer there that that there were fundamental philosophical questions that were at the heart of that war is largely correct I don't have an issue with that my my problem is it was very generic and just mm-hmm. kind of thrown around those founding buzzwords it's about freedom and liberty and it, it the reason it sounds dumb too is when you're talking about the concept of slavery or at least it's implied in that case you don't make the argument like well it's it, really it was all about it was all about freedom that that's Freedom would be the inverse of slavery in that context. Like It's it's just weird. Her argument seems to like is her argument that the, the South was fighting for freedom or who was fighting for freedom? Was I suppose freedom. in that yeah. argument. Now, the South actually was fighting for freedom in a strange way. I understand that sounds like a paradox, but the freedom that was being fought for was the state's right to police issues for itself. Now, mm-hmm. I understand people are going to say, well.
1: But she do- said that. God, I can't believe. Oh, I don't want to defend her. She's the worst. But she did say that it was about the state's rights issue and whether or not governance applies to all people or to individual states. She said almost exactly that.
0: Yeah. And the the bottom line here is, okay for the criticism against Haley, like, oh, she just can't say the simple word slavery. Anybody who tells you that the Civil War was as simple as slavery, good or bad, is erasing vast swaths of history.
1: And it's and, one of the greatest psyops, especially in government schools in American history, to teach everybody that the Civil War and Lincoln's position was about the, moral, the, you know, the yeah. morality of slavery. Well, That's untrue. The,
0: the <clears throat> hypothetical example I will always use. Okay. Slavery is a, is a clear moral wrong. Of course, I would grant that point. You don't have a right. You don't own someone else's labor. You don't own another person. That's a bright moral line. Murder. Murder. Also, a bright moral line. You have no right to take the life of another person absent some sort of justification. Uh, I would have a problem if the federal government decided tomorrow we are going to invalidate all state laws on murder and take over how murder is handled. We are going to remove that power from the people in the states as it is constitutionally assigned to them and impose our will on murder upon them. That's a major problem, even though murder itself is obviously a major moral wrong in the same way that slavery is a major moral wrong. So if you were to ask me about those questions, like the complexity of who polices murder or slavery between the federal government and the states, obviously it's very easy to say slavery bad, murder bad. But the question is who manages those bads? Mm -hmm. And that question is at the heart of the Civil War. Nikki Haley was like, I don't know, 75% there on kind of generic sort of word salady terms like you're saying.
1: I do kind of um, feel for these people, though. I mean, we talk on the internet for a fraction of the time that these people probably spend talking to people in, in, in any given week yeah, during a campaign cycle. That's true. And like, I've said so much dumb shit online on accident, just countless times. Like, some, I don't think that she's... Du- I think she's evil. I don't think she's dumb, though, you know? But she did sound like a fucking
0: <laughs> idiot. Well, if I'm defending Nikki Haley too much and people want Haley ripped, don't worry. She also deserves to be ripped and not just because her answer was too generic. She didn't give her position or the position I think she's trying to articulate uh, the forceful presentation it actually deserves. But I, the position she's now taking appears to be contrary to what she did as governor, too. Recall back in 2015 after the Charleston church shooting. I guess you are allowed to change your mind. Maybe she has. If she, if she goes back and says, no, put the Confederate flags back up, then I'll say, okay, she's, she's learned her lesson. Um, but re- recall after the, in 2015, after the Charleston church shooting, Nikki Haley, as South Carolina governor, removed the Confederate flag from the grounds of the state house. There might have been some monument yeah. removal stuff, too. I forget. But at the time, she said, this flag does not represent the future of the state. It's an integral part of our past, but it does not represent the future of our state. But if the Confederates fought for the principles of federalism, a limited federal government, the rights, certain rights reserved to the states, and a limited government that only exists to secure the rights of the people through the states, as she articulated, these are all ideas with which Nikki Haley passionately agrees and advocated for in that moment. Well, why should that flag come down then? Mm-hmm. why doesn't it represent the future and i say that as someone again not saying oh slavery cool i'm saying the principles of, of the relationship between the federal government and and the state governments those are important principles mm-hmm. that is also a part of what the confederacy was was fighting for so why yeah. why I, I wish you would answer that question right now well why why should that flag come down
1: mm-hmm. yeah. I,
0: don't, I don't know what she would say
1: Um, I mean, she's too worried about placating people on the right and the left. This was an obvious trap, though.
0: I yeah, I'll get to that in a moment because I normally I'd say, oh, come on, the guy's not a plant because that's her excuse. But the guy actually seems pretty clearly planty, I I think. I don't know if you caught it um, because the clip is just limited to like a minute, 30 seconds. And he asks this question. He says she says, well, what do you think about slavery? And he says, well, I'm not running for president. And someone in the audience goes, yeah, and that's a good thing. Which yeah. implies he was sort of previously annoyed with that guy. Like that guy was yeah. doing something yeah. beforehand. Uh, the guy does seem like he's he's trying to do some gotcha nonsense. Uh, he didn't seem like he was interested. If you were interested in hearing her answer, you would say something mm-hmm. like, okay, you're talking about these kind of generic terms. Can you be more specific? The, yeah. You'd ask a right. question that gets her Answering a little more specifically rather than just like, I am appalled that you didn't say the word that you have to say in the current year. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, I wish she would have said, you know, I recognize that you're trying to get me to talk about slavery. Like, like why didn't she just call him out? It was so obvious what was what was happening.
0: Oh, she has an explanation for that. I'll get to that <sighs> in a second.
1: It was terrible. Uh,
0: But um, but yeah, okay. as annoyed as I am. So, I I mean, I'm I'm annoyed with Nikki Haley and her critics, to be honest. But just when I think I'm annoyed with everybody or I've had my fill in comes Ron DeSantis to be even more annoying.
1: No, I
0: know Uh, he sends his blood in the water. And so he's he's shouting at the reporters. Hey, guys, it's me, Ron. I know the Civil War was about slavery. Come ask me. I'll say the (laughs) slavery word all you want. Look at me. Don't forget
1: about me, guys.
0: You know what the greatest (laughs) Republican achievement ever is? Ending slavery. That's what I'm all about. Ending (laughs) slavery. Ron DeSantis. That's what I'm, I did it in Florida. God, man. I, I, I'm not even a DeSantis hater, okay? I actually appreciate the way that he's run his state, generally speaking. But man, this campaign has become cringe. Holy cow. Here was DeSantis on Thursday doing this. Oh, man, she won't say the slavery word. I can't believe it. She won't say it.
1: Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says the Republican Party's number one achievement was abolishing slavery, and it shouldn't be hard to acknowledge.
2: It was a total word salad. She was
0: asked a point-blank question. She did this incomprehensible word salad. Then she asked the voter, well, what do you want me to say? Because he said, well, what about, what about slavery? about said, well, what do you want me to say about it? And so that just shows she's, she's a candidate that doesn't have the core convictions. She's trying to figure out what her donors want, maybe what people want to hear at a given moment. That's why she's flipping and flopping on all this.
1: That's a legitimate criticism.
0: Well, I suppose I'm being a little bit, I'm exaggerating a little bit in my portrayal of Ron DeSantis there, but even this, this argument, well, ending slavery is the greatest Republican achievement of all time. Okay. Now I will grant like ending a moral wrong. There are good things about that. Of course, I'm not saying that's bad, but I, you would have to recognize that the method through which it was done would appear to be a compromise of the very small government principles for which you otherwise advocate. And indeed, a lot of the, the the premises that we granted in the Civil War area uh, era about the role and the scope of the federal government, that is the source of a lot of the problems that we have today. Again, not saying would have been better if slavery hung around. I'm just saying I'm not convinced that the federal government swooped in to save the day on that anyway. How long do you think slavery lasts in the South were it mm-hmm. not for the North's intervention? Yeah. Maybe a decade, maybe two, probably over by if 1900 that- for sure. Maybe not even that long. But my other problem with DeSantis here, though, because as long as we're doing this, you know, these opportunistic, disingenuous shots about slavery, I will remind Ron DeSantis that uh, that uh, his critics were saying mere months ago that his education curriculum in Florida said that he said slavery was good. Ron DeSantis likes slavery because The educational curriculum said something to the effect of formerly enslaved people put the skills to work, the skills that they gained on the plantation. They put those skills to work in their to to build careers after they were freed. And Ron DeSantis was defending. I'm not defending himself in the same way. I'm not saying slavery was good. I'm saying that there are there were skills learned in the context of it that were later applied to build a career. Point is the weapon, the weapon that Ron is sharpening here stabs him too. So I yeah. really hope it works out for you because they're not going to, these people are not going to bring you in as their friend because you join the Nikki Haley dog pile because she wouldn't say the slavery word.
1: Yeah. It's not going to happen. He's, you know, widely viewed as uncool. It's the kiss of death. He's toast.
0: We'll find out. Uh, Vivek also kind of joined in on the, uh, pile on Nikki Haley bit a little bit. Um, He did a little bit of trolling. I I don't have the post in front of me, but um, he posted the clip from the debate where he kind of cornered her on. Can you name the parts of Ukraine that you actually want to defend? And she sort of stumbled a little bit. He said he tweeted that, Oh man, Nikki Haley knows as little about the civil war as she does about the Ukraine war. And with, with the clip of the debate, okay, he's joining the dog pile. But then I, I heard what he said in response to a question about the Civil War at his own campaign event on Thursday? Again, like this is a better answer than Nikki Haley gives, but is it substantively different? It sounds actually very similar in perspective.
2: And, and, you know, you have a
0: governor of South Carolina who doesn't know much about the history of her own state, but South Carolina
2: actually in about 1832, they actually were going to secede from the Union. This is, we're talking nearly a couple decades before the Civil War. Back then it was about tariffs between the North and South, but ultimately the thing that boiled this over was slavery. But there were tensions brewing a value system that was fundamentally different. That's really what led to the Civil War. So the powder keg was in the air. Slavery was the match that we lit, that caused it to boil over.
1: Wow, this is such current year stuff of having a tiny brown man and then like a post wall brown woman fighting about the origin of the Civil War and who knows more about it. Like what is happening? Like what it, what am i even supposed to say about this? His answer was better, i guess. But I
0: mean I don't, I, he's it, not wrong on the points of history, uh, at least i don't think. That's but. true,
1: but neither of these people are truly viable candidates. I feel like even talking no. about this is lending credence to like how ridiculous our political system well, is. Haven't you
0: heard the viable candidate can't run. He's been banned. Uh, yeah, really. So they're newly viable. Uh, but but the, I don't understand why Vivek isn't getting roasted. Now, granted, he said the s word. He did say it in there.
1: Because but, he has the impervious cloak of visible minority status.
0: It, but Nikki, well, is it that Nikki Haley is an invisible she's minority? She's white passing. Okay, she's <laughs>
1: white passing. Yeah. That's the
0: difference. And uh, the woman
1: card is nothing on the. He's
0: too Aladdin, and funny. she's not Jasmine enough. Is that the problem? That's
1: exactly. Okay. it. that's it, buddy.
0: All right. Well, I'm, I suppose because I don't get it. It's like the pers- the perspective is if you ask Nikki Haley point blank, if you phrase the question differently to her in that moment, would you say that the Civil War had nothing to do with slavery? My guess is she doesn't say no. Nothing nobody to would do say with. that. Yeah. But that's how she's being portrayed. Now, I mentioned that she's kind of already caved or she has her explanation for what happened here. She is basically conceded the point of the mob. Instead of explaining her position better, like Vivek just did, she's finally granting the the point of the critics uh, or she's fully granting it. Rather, she appeared on Fox News today and she said, the first thing I should have done or the first thing I should have said was slavery. I completely agree with that. This is the explanation I was getting at earlier. When you grow up in the South, slavery is a Mm. given. Like when you think of the Civil War, you know it was about slavery that's never been in question. Which is another terrible answer. Well, slavery is so ingrained in the South that we, we don't, you just, you, you, you forget about it, actually. On what planet? Like, nobody alive in the South has ever experienced owning slaves, being a slave. Generations back, people have not experienced this. It's also kind of a yeah. a, 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 a disparagement of the South. It's like, oh, we're just a, a bunch of bumpkins who are completely consumed by slavery. No, you aren't. You absolutely are not. Nobody actually has a connection to slavery, and they haven't for a century and a half. Generations, yeah. What are you talking about? Like, who would even question? I couldn't even conceive of the idea that slavery wasn't a part of the Civil War, yet I didn't mention it. This whole thing just. I don't even understand what you're saying. I should have said slavery right away. But the reason I didn't say slavery right away is because slavery is so forward on the front of my mind that it actually disappears or something like it just doesn't make any, I don't even know what she means. I can't even comprehend the galaxy brain. That is this argument. My feeble mind is defeated.
1: Ron DeSantis is right though. She, she lacks principles. I mean, she's, she's a malleable woman. What do we expect from her? Fair enough.
0: Now, now you're defending. All right, carry on with the Ron, Ron DeSantis defense.
1: I I don't know. I I have no outside of his Israel love. I have no real reason to hate Ron DeSantis except he just gives me the ick. This is why women shouldn't be able to vote either. I'm like that guy. Nope. Uh. Uh-uh.
0: I've I've come to a similar perspective. It's like uh, policy wise, I think you've done a, a pretty good job, and I appreciate he did
1: pretty well with Florida um, during COVID, and that was really important to me. But I can't get over this Israel stuff. Like I can't. And then. Outside of that, everything that he says, I just there, there's something about his manner of speaking. And it's weird.
0: It's just like a cringe presentation thing. I feel yeah, like I should not
1: fair. I, I know. Mean, I feel
0: like I shouldn't decide candidate support based on cringe presentation. But
1: yeah, uh, I mean, that's what people said about um, Ron Paul.
0: Cringe presentation.
1: Well, people said that he was unpresidential, and that's why he was never going to. Get
0: that's what there. people say about this show. Absolutely yeah. inarguable, but cringe presentation.
1: <laughs> well we cultivated that very yeah. carefully now, didn't we?
0: all right uh a couple of items yeah. here before we move on to the immigration story and then we'll get to hoax hate um
1: <laughs> somebody in the live chat said he has big bitch baby energy that's exactly <laughs> it maybe that's exactly what it is well done jacob we really hit the nail on the head with that thank you proceed i'm sorry
0: uh she did call the guy a democrat plant which we've kind of already discussed uh, uh, normally i would call that an excuse but yeah, given that guy's behavior, he was not interested in her answer to the question. It, it, it was Democrat framing. You better say the word or I'm going to moralize you for not It'll saying the word. You, yeah. All right. Lastly, on Nikki Haley, to finish this disaster week, she also got publicly mocked by a kid. On Thursday <laughs> in New Hampshire, a nine-year-old boy said Chris Christie calls her a flip-flopper because she formerly said she wouldn't run if Trump did. And yet here she is running while Trump is. The boy said he actually agrees with Chris Christie's criticism, and that makes Nikki Haley the new John Kerry, referencing John Kerry's 2004 presidential campaign.
2: I wanted to ask you, so Chris Christie thinks that you are a flip-flopper on the Donald Trump issue. And honestly, I agree with him. So you're basically the new John Kerry on the <laughs> Do you remember?
0: Now, unfortunately, wow. the clip I found did not had her response cut. So I, I don't know what she said.
1: Roasted. Um, that was cute, though.
0: But if, if you get owned by a nine-year-old on behalf of Chris Christie, that's that's, that's rough.
1: The double whammy right there.
0: Um, my sources say Chris Christie then showed up and ate that kid, but he had <laughs> a, a good run. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll be quick on the... The border stuff is a complete disaster, probably deserves more attention. But you know that it's a disaster and, you know, the numbers are very large. But there are a, a few key developments beyond just the record numbers that we're consistently setting uh, that I'll get to in a moment. Um, Christmas time is a great time for border crossing, it turns out. And that's what the Biden administration is going with. Uh, it, this is seasonal. It's a, <laughs> just like Christmas and New Year's. It's seasonal. It's it's mm-hmm. border crossing time. There's, we need carols yep. for this and stuff you know the, the weather's cooler there are fewer border agents uh Americans in general are paying less attention but we set another monthly record more than 225,000 migrants taken into custody at the border and of course those are just the ones we know about who actually encountered US law enforcement plus that number is only current through December 27 3 days ago meaning there are still four more days to count in that figure the previous record was also a Biden achievement 224,000 In May 2022, so Biden officials, you know, they could uh, draft up a proposal with Congress to, I don't know, secure this border and maybe take some of the resources that we're happily sending off to Ukraine and elsewhere. You know, maybe we shore up uh, some law enforcement at the border a little bit and stop this from happening. No, they're going to Mexico to work with the Mexican government. Uh, We have Secretary of State Blinken and Secretary of Homeland Security Mayorkas. They met with the Mexican government in Mexico City this week. And Mayorkas just posted this generic tweet like, oh, man, I had a great meeting with uh, the Mexican government and I appreciate their efforts on the issue. And he didn't really say anything, no specific policy change or any development like that. But after the meeting, the Mexican president, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, added more detail. He says there's actually a new deal in place, some kind of formal agreement. Between the U.S. and Mexico to deal with this issue, though, he didn't mention specifics either. It wasn't until Thursday night that the White House issued a statement. Uh, But the White House statement also does not mention any kind of deal or a formal agreement. On Thursday, House Speaker Mike Johnson released a statement saying the deal includes amnesty for illegals. Now, I'm not clear. Does that mean amnesty in the U.S.? or amnesty in Mexico. I know that
1: surely amnesty in the U
0: S we already have right? de facto amnesty, but, you yeah, know, but right. we don't technically you could be deported, I suppose. Um, but whatever's going on here, it would appear that there's some sort of unspecified closed door deal that's been reached with the Mexican government to address this issue. You know, it's the same Mexican government that can't handle the cartels who make the illegal immigration such a problem in the first place. The Mexican government officials are probably in the cartels, actually. That's the (laughs) the deal that we've made. But as we've previously discussed, don't worry. Soon the cartels will be cleaning up Chicago and we will have our country back again. Mm -hmm. That is the strategy. I'll see you at the lakefront. The other important development is that Biden, uh, they they are awfully relaxed in their legal approach to many of these migrants, apparently not relaxed against states that want to do something about it. And I would say that the handling of of the border is so bad that it breaks Hanlon's razor for any reasonable observer. You never attribute to malice what, what you could attribute to stupidity. Well, if Biden and the rest of the White House were stupid, they'd be attempting stupid policies. Maybe we could fix it with A, B, and C. I guess maybe they are with the Mexican government. I don't know. But in general, they're not. They're just doing nothing. Case in point on malice, they're now threatening the state of Texas for trying to do something about the problem. On Thursday... The administration warned Texas that the Justice Department will sue that state in federal court if it implements a strict state immigration law that would empower state and local law enforcement to arrest, jail, and prosecute illegal immigrants. The law is planned for enforcement beginning in March. The Justice Department says if they don't get a commitment not to enforce from Texas by January 3rd, they will sue them to force the non-enforcement, if that makes sense. The Justice Department says the Texas law criminalizes actions that are already illegal federally. It would undermine relations with Mexico and prevent federal officials from enforcing federal immigration laws. You know what uh, undermines relations with Mexico? Cartel fentanyl flooding across yeah, the border. Really. Uh, that, that's kind of undermined the relation the relationship, I would say. The DOJ says Texas's law is unconstitutional, I presume, because Section 4, Article 4, says the federal government's role is to protect the states from foreign invasion. So the feds clearly have jurisdiction here. I'm not arguing that they don't. Problem is they're not fulfilling that jurisdiction. They're not protecting the states from foreign invasion. So there's no time to stop the problem, but there's plenty of time to sue the people who try to stop the problem. That is not stupidity. That is malice. I don't think there's any other explanation for that. Anything you, have, summation. anything you have to say on that? Side?
1: I, don't even have, I don't even have anything to say.
0: Well, that's great because I look forward to your reaction to the hoax hate.
1: There are some good ones today.
0: And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, Shit, it's backwards. Think they'll notice. Now, you see the headline here. Jewish homeowners discover vandalism at their homes in Hampton. I know what you're thinking. What kind of backward swastika are we dealing with this time? No, this is a very strange one. It involves.
1: Is it perfect? Per- I,
0: I've never seen a hoax hate case like this. Okay. Of course, we're all familiar uh, with with watermelon applied as a racist symbol along with maybe fried chicken and purple drink, among other things. I have never heard of watermelon applied as a symbol of bigotry in this way, but the the victims insist it's legit. In Baltimore, there is a Miracle on 34th Street light display, as in there's this, this whole neighborhood decorated with Christmas lights for people to come see. It's very fancy. In the case of a few particular homes in this neighborhood, they are Hanukkah lights, Well, two of these homes with Hanukkah lights say that someone threw watermelon at the front of their homes. But this is not some anti-black thing. This is anti-Semitic because the colors of watermelon match the colors of the Palestinian flag. Right now, we're just trying to feel comfortable and safe. That's a bit of a struggle, but we're getting there.
1: Each holiday season, Joshua Lamont and his wife decorate their home with symbols of their faith. Saturday, the family found something odd on their property.
0: I came home. uh, I saw some smashed up watermelon in my courtyard. At the time, I really didn't think anything of it. Uh, I cleaned it all up, went about my day.
1: Lamont soon learned that the other Hanukkah-themed home on his street also found watermelon thrown in their yard. He says police informed his family that the fruit has meaning, a symbol of Palestine's solidarity, reflecting the colors of the flag. Councilmember Odette Ramos met with the homeowners. This kind of hate is not tolerated uh, here in the neighborhood and also uh, anywhere in the city and in my district. Lamont says his family will continue to celebrate their holiday. Lamont says his family will continue to be super
0: Jewish complainers about everything. <laughs>
1: Okay. okay this i'll tell you exactly what but happened the police
0: here. put him up to it that's the thing the freak it wasn't even his idea
1: no this what happened here is some black people that actually hate jews <laughs> were literally eating watermelon
0: they just
1: decide impulsively decided to throw the watermelon at the jews they that's just
0: left the kwanzaa party nearby <laughs> and they chucked it over the fence yeah well uh, th- th- what's <laughs> That's also so lame? Seriously God, what speaking, what's also fascinating to me about this? Now, I'm not dismissing your point that there is a lot of complaining. Well, you know, it's really hard to recover, but we'll get there. The fact that he says that he saw the watermelon, thought nothing of it until the police and/or the city councilwoman came to him and said, "Oh no, no, no! That watermelon is a is an ethnic attack on yeah, your whatever. home." This is it's not. Int- well, I don't know. Maybe I guess entrapment would be the wrong word. We've heard the FBI setting up plots, right?
1: Okay, like the, you you like you have to entrap a Jewish person into kvetch <laughs> all over the place. Like that guy some, could not wait.
0: Some you might. Sometimes. This might be a case. Uh is it possible that this whole thing was a law enforcement op that they threw the watermelon in there? <laughs> just to stir it up a little bit. Or maybe is it possible that it's entirely innocent like this? I was looking this up. This is a, a, a genuine tourist attraction. I don't know if there are any photos in this uh, reporting, here, but you go to this neighborhood. I don't see any. And it's like the some of the best Christmas lights you'll ever see. So people come from the uh, from, I don't know, the region to see these lights. And I assume if people are gathering to see these lights, maybe there are people with food maybe there are i don't know like little food carts or food booths set up or something i'm just saying i could envision, envision a situation in which i have my 2 year old out at some public thing like this and he has some sort of food in his hand that he's that he's chomping on until he decides he doesn't want any more no. and he just chucks it i'm not going to watermelon get
1: watermelon is not a winter that's a winter fruit. Okay. That's true. It's true.
0: It's sort of out only of
1: people that have this strong desire to eat watermelon year around would just <laughs> coincidentally have and, watermelon. Okay? And
0: to that point, my hypothetical there only works if that toddler threw the watermelon in multiple yards, or there's some other explanation for the watermelon being in not one, but two house fronts.
1: Okay. We can meet halfway. It was the toddler black.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, he's, yeah, he left the Kwanzaa party.
1: Okay, great. All right. We're there.
0: All right. I mean, it must be, all right. So th- there's that. This this sort of thing I have seen examples of, but it's still uh, still important to discuss because what we have here uh, is presented as though it's like hate for a minority in this country. But this appears to be um, Hindu on Hindu violence, otherwise known as Bipti on Bipti violence in the Bay Area of California.
1: How come you can say that?
0: Because Bipti is not a real slur. It's just the... <laughs> It's just the the racial uh, slur database says it is, but it's not.
1: That's true. I mean, it is now because we say it all the time. Um, yeah. So this is a Hindu temple in Newark, which was vandalized with graffiti proclaiming Sikh nationalism. So based on the content of this graffiti, it's believed the defacement was a targeted act. Um, and then, excuse me, they're investigating. This is a hate crime.
0: Follow along uh, with uh, the reasoning in this story and the specific claims of fact that are hard to follow.
2: It's been a shocking day for many members of this Hindu temple in Newark, including Chintan Pandya. Whatever happened yesterday, uh, last night was like a clear act of vandalism. It was like a vandalism and violence against the Indian community. They were surprised this morning when they found this graffiti. He says this is concerning because it's the first time they've seen something like this since the SMVS temple opened its doors almost two years ago. Which is like uh, not uh, really safe for the community. Such incidents uh, uh, have been happened in other temples also and other places as well. People who put those symbols
0: and names up, what they're pushing, what they're promoting is a separate state of Khalistan. It uh, it, it is is what uh, uh, people who call themselves Khalistanis want is a separate puritanical religious state. So if those people who did this want that, that's something that I think most Americans, uh, most Indians, um, you know, most Hindus don't want. We're certainly disappointed that this happened. So uh, we're here today just to let you know that we stand in solidarity with you guys. Uh, we're doing everything we can from the city side to help uh, resolve this and see if we can't get to the bottom who did this.
1: Who the fuck was that guy?
0: He's someone with city government because he says we're here from city to ho- the city to help.
1: Bro, did you see how big that guy's bindi was? He probably in India was only allowed to clean the toilets of people that clean toilets. That's <laughs> Wait, how low his I don't even
0: was. know what that is. What is that? Oh, what- it's the dot. Oh, if that- the bigger
1: the dot, the lower your social status. Oh, that's
0: is. what I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, I might the, be wrong. The about dot that, I, size
0: has significance. That's news to me.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like the, <clears> the, <throat> the statements
0: make no sense. They're completely contradictory. He says, this is the first time I've seen anything like this, but it's also happening all the time, all the time, very nearby. Yeah. And it's very unsafe. OK, but then you get the other guy who is who is some sort of expert on this and all these attacks. But he's, saying, he's talking
1: about what Americans think about this. Americans don't think fucking shit about this because no one knows what's going on. I, I did do a bunch of research on Calistan <laughs> today. I even asked my husband. I'm like, you know, anything about Calistan? Yeah. He's like, what? No,
0: most Americans do not want this. I've never heard of the people you're talking about until right now. What do you mean? Most most Americans yeah. have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. So I, I, I thought that was, they don't, they don't, not only do they not know, they don't care they and don't they care. shouldn't. Yeah. And I'm not saying yeah. that this thing is a fake in the way we traditionally think of hoax hate uh, because for all I know that the the Bipty on Bipty conflict could be very severe. I'm just saying that the presentation that our country is unsafe because of like some Indian conflict on the other side of the world about whether this specific religious Puritan group should have a separate state or not, that that is a reflection of hate in our country somehow when nobody even knows what they're talking about, the the whole premise was just hilarious.
1: Yep. Um, So basically the, the heart of this issue is um, that Sikhs, and I will say in terms of, in terms of this region and people I've interacted with in the Punjab region in America, which is a surprising number of people Sikhs, I've always liked, I've always liked them. What was that? They Uh, seem a peaceful people. They integrate relatively well, all things considered. Um, you know it it might be like a higher class indian (laughs) i know they're
0: very big on their uh castes right their hierarchies (laughs) Uh so
1: sikhs um they live in this punjab region Mm. and i think that what the heart of this conflict is the punjab region it it encompasses uh, a part of india but also a part of pakistan yeah and so they've been trying to gain territory for themselves since the I think the '70s, and then have been getting summarily uh, murdered by the Indian government,
0: and to a lesser Uh, extent, the the way that you framed that, I think most Americans would disagree with. I think that's contrary to public (laughs) opinion
1: about. Yeah, really. People
0: are very decided on this issue, and that—that I would say confidently—that's a minority opinion that you've just yeah
1: yeah. expressed. So right now, uh, currently, the current Indian prime minister, the government has intensified this pursuit of Sikh separatists, but I don't think. I think four Americans
0: know that. Uh, yeah, that's a high estimate, I would yeah. say. Uh, okay, I, I wanted to talk about. Um, oh. oh, I forgot to grab this this other article because there's there's an actual ho- hoax, or not a hoax, an actual hate crime on the New York City subway that I want to get to. Mm-hmm. But um, before we do that, I wanted to talk about the a, a coming new type of hate crime, at least if uh, professor activists have their way in Canada. Speaking of intercommunity violence, that's what uh, that's what they're they're looking to potentially criminalize with a hate crime statute here is is anti-homeless hate and violence. That term uh, too would be inappropriate. They're, they're saying it's uh, hate crimes against unhoused people. That's what they want to get serious about. This is an op-ed from Canadian professors this week, and it pushes for Canada to recognize anti-homeless violence uh, as, uh, as hate crimes. According to the article, quote, being visibly unhoused dramatically increases a person's risk of being victimized in an attack. Alternative phrasing would be setting up tents on unauthorized property will get your ass kicked. That might be part of the explanation, but I don't even think it's that. I don't think it's like uh, angry shop owners beating up hobos. The professors say that their research shows that homeless people are disproportionately attacked, which may be true, but... If it is, again, the follow up question is always by whom? Who's yeah, really? doing the attacking? Who? Tell me. Is it all of us hateful housed people attacking these poor unhoused or like the last case or, you know, maybe uh, the case of Chicago or Baltimore, which we previously mentioned? Is this unhoused on unhoused violence? <laughs> if it is hobos attacking hobos, how is it a hate crime? And in fairness, the professors do provide evidence of what they call a a hate group that's been perpetuating this violence. It's not hobo on hobo violence. It's violence from a, a hate group they call the White Gorillas in Lethbridge, Alberta. And they say that they've been speaking with predominantly indigenous, as in Indian or Native American or First Nation peoples, indigenous homeless women in Lethbridge, Alberta. And they say that the white guerrilla gang has been driving around attacking and abducting homeless Indian women. And when asked if, if they had personal experience with this, Many of them said they knew someone who had been verbally, physically, or sexually abused by the group. So not me, but like I totally have a friend who was abducted and had her ass kicked by the white gorillas on account of being a hobo. And so it's an anti-homeless hate crime. Uh, count me as skeptical. This is one city in Canada, too. They're talking about, you know, making an anti-homeless attacks hate crimes across Canada. They're talking about Lethbridge, Alberta, as their evidence <sighs> of the white guerrilla gang. And this is a hundred thousand, a city of a hundred thousand in Alberta, one, one place in Canada. So I think the bulk of what they're calling anti-homeless violence is, is, I think it's just hobo on hobo violence is what we're talking about here. That's who attacks. hobo. Hobos.
1: We can't even say hobos anymore. That's so lame.
0: Well, I know select members of the chat don't like it because hobo <laughs> technically refers to uh, like a, um, uh, a migratory worker or whatever like a vagrant worker hobos work and homeless oh. people you know
1: so the term hobo is actually offensive to working travelers
0: no the hobo well yeah the hobos are the ones who work though
1: yeah so it's offensive so to
0: so they're like the seeks of the homeless world like they're the the step up because they I think actually... i'm
1: wrong about this bendy thing i just googled it like oh there's no i don't know why i thought that let me know in the live chat well, if anybody knows an Indian that knows an Indian.
0: Yeah, we need an authority. Yeah. All right. Uh, lastly, an actual hate crime that won't be discussed at all. But over the Christmas uh, over, on Christmas Day, I think there was a black guy who stabbed people on the New York subway and said, I want all white people to die.
1: They had it coming. They must have been doing something. Right? Well, I assume. So this clearly insane guy, Stephen Hutcherson of the Bronx, the Bronx. I don't know why I can't say it. He stabbed two teenage girls. And Grand Central Dining Concourse ages 14 and 16 after he was arguing with uh, the staff over sitting in the restaurants uh, establishment, uh, the restaurant establishments area. So I think that he was like probably visibly disgusting or combative. And they were like, no, man. Anyway, so he just stabbed two teenage white girls, one in the thigh and the other in the back. And she got treated for a collapsed lung. Jeez. Yeah.
0: But they're they, they will survive. They're not dead or anything.
1: Yeah. And he, while he was yelling this, he said, I want all white people dead. I want to sit next to the crackers. Isn't that say at all? It's like black people want to be by us, but also want to murder us.
0: I I was going to say, I didn't understand. He's, I thought, is there some metaphor to that that I understand he's, he's saying I want to be in close proximity so that I am able to kill them.
1: No, I think he was just like, I want to be, you know, the kind of person that's allowed to sit next to these people, but I'm a dirty homeless black guy. And I'm not, so I'm going to stab them. Okay, so anyway, they took yeah. him into custody. And then he gets into his cot with his dorm, and then he stabs his cellmate.
0: Oh, he wasn't done. more stabbing.
1: With a ceramic knife. It's like, did they not pat this guy down? How did he 1. acquire 5
0: this? 1.5 inch. Wow. Yeah.
1: In the face. He stabbed this guy, <laughs> this guy in the face. Jesus. Anyway, he had a crazy list of priors, like bad ones. You know, I think he had 17 arrests before this. I assume he's already out there. Domestic violence. Yeah, really. He's back on the streets. He's getting some award at the George Floyd (laughs) Memorial in New York City. Uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. You ready to talk about this movie and its controversial tease?
1: Sure. All right.
2: In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show Movie Review.
0: This week's movie is the 1993 zombie thriller Return of the Living Dead 3, in which a high schooler's girlfriend gives him a lethal handy on a motorcycle ride as they crash and she dies. And he uses his dad's connection to a secret military project to reanimate her. But then they kill themselves anyway because of all the reanimated zombies they created. Yeah. From movie picker Steven, this movie was ahead of its time as zombies go in and out of fashion. Melinda, who is the uh, act, the Julie actress in this movie, played a goddess of a coherent zombie at, uh, that ended up having to kill some trash Mexicans, which Blonde might find entertaining. Matt and Blonde also might be aware of my history with Melinda. Mm-hmm. I have selfies, a Zoom screen grab with her, and fan art where Blonde uh, might remember the two-foot-tall clay statue I made of her. So it sounds like Steven is a... Melinda Clark, super, super fan. fan. Yeah.
1: She's way hot. I will.
0: I will forgot that, that she's the mom in the OC. We were trying to figure out who she was or who oh, really? she was. I didn't,
1: didn't yeah, she see was, was, was in the so.
0: OC. Uh, as always, we have AI art face swap artwork from uh, Jamie and Jeannie. <laughs> uh, this I don't know. That was that pretty good, I guess. I, I, don't, I don't dispute being the.
1: Uh, oh, you're the Mexican. The, the Mexican
0: guy. gangster guy. This one, I. I Makes me feel really uncomfortable. I'm just glad we're not supposed to be teenagers in this depiction. It'd be worse. And then, of course, we have a video face swap as well. Hey, man. What the fuck is wrong with her?
2: Don't worry about it. Don't you ever feed her a <laughs>
0: I'm glad we both got to. Oh, and the those.
1: other chick too. <laughs> it was
0: just like, we become <laughs> different. We each get to be the same person. It's fun to watch in that way. I'm glad oh. we both got the donuts. They looked pretty good. All right. Uh, as always your review and your rating.
1: So I'm having a contraction right now. Okay.
0: I can go um, first if you'd prefer.
1: No, it's okay. It's over. Um, my expectations of this were incredibly low, like could not have been lower. So there's no way that did not influence my perception because I find I like films more when I expect nothing of them. I'm hmm. like Return of the Dead. I don't even. I've never even heard of Return of the Dead one.
0: That's so, not even the name of the movie, which shows how much you haven't heard of it. What was it called? Return of the Living Dead.
1: <sighs> Whatever. <Fine. laughs> I, have, I still haven't heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Neither have I. So, yeah. <clears throat> so I was like, oh, this is going to be a hot, steaming pile of dog shit. Um, and you know, I've got nothing against like campy slasher wait slasher
0: yeah well it's this one's flasher too (laughs) but it is a sort of a slasher movie yeah
1: um and then i thought this was kind of like a quaint love story i mean she kind of got what she deserved by you don't give your boyfriend a handjob when you're on the back of his motorcycle like what what are you doing where's your concept of safety i know they like live on the edge or whatever (laughs) um but I kind of like the style of gore and it made me laugh on multiple occasions. Like when the Mexican guy pops up and he's just like a, like a head on a spine. Yeah. Like I I was laughing so hard. I could barely breathe. I don't know why I thought that was so funny. Um, so despite the story having no philosophical merit, um, if you take it for what it's worth and you have really low expectations, it isn't, it's not like the worst movie I've ever seen. She has nice boobs. I gave it a two.
0: I, th- I thought you were going to go higher. Because I consider myself harshly critical of this movie, but I I'll get ahead of myself. I also gave it a two, but that's because I pretty much hated it in all mm-hmm. aspects other than like, I wasn't bored out of my mind watching it.
1: This was a, this was a one out of five like quality movie, but because of that scene with the Mexican guy and that made me laugh my ass oh. off and I was really into this chick. Like I was like, this chick is like a major smoke show. Then I was like, "All right, bump it
0: up." I thought it had the occasionally cool effect in the way that you described. Like the zombie, the one zombie that ripped himself apart was pretty cool. <laughs> you mentioned the the gang guy who got his head ripped off, the yeah. Asian shop owner with half his skull missing, and then she's also good. His brain. Yeah. And then the final form of Julie is certainly unique and memorable. I will always remember her zombie character with all the d- different scrap metal and glass or whatever it is sticking out of her face. To me, that's all there. There are moments of mediocrity in 90 plus minutes otherwise wasted, though. Uh, And I will say this movie's. if I if I have to say anything of praise for it, it's it's a pretty quality cringe if you're into that sort of thing. Like if you like stories that make no sense and characters that are poorly written and acted and a lot of effects that are actually completely unconvincing and cheap or any other forms of cinematic failure. This is a parade of a lot of that. So if you like that sort of so bad, it's good kind of stuff. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of that in this movie. As far as what I didn't like, it's pretty much everything though. Uh, the story is not just a void of any philosophical value. It makes no sense at all. You have military disciplined dad just walking in on his son his teenage son who just finished banging his girlfriend is, he, he has like no apparent reaction or objection to that at all. He's like, Hey son, it's time I tell you about uh, we're moving once again. <laughs> okay. He's like,
1: come on. Like, aren't you mad? Yeah.
0: And then Kurt just weakened at Bernie's, his dead girlfriend into a high security military base using his dad's access card and the guards are just like oh why yes colonel important man right this way i have no questions about the clearly dead teenage girl on the back of your motorcycle you have yeah. important colonel business to tend to okay he, he was, he's busted for previously breaking in kurt re-enters the military base later and not only do the base personnel have no problem with his presence now his dad is there in fairness so maybe that's why they have no problem with his presence But they then volunteer secrets of the operation to him unprompted. Oh, hey, teenage boy who has no security clearance whatsoever. Let me tell you exactly what we're doing with this zombie operation. Kurt's dad learns that his son stole the base access key that he's looking for. Hey, what son of a bitch? Where'd that key go? We got to find it. Oh, you stole it. Okay, I don't care at all now. Yeah. Kurt's dad keeps referencing his his dead mom. Which is, as far as I'm aware, completely unexplained. How did the mom die? Did they ever discuss that? I don't think Son, so. Son, it's been this way ever since your mom died, which I'm going to keep talking about in generic terms, but never explain. And has no apparent relevance to the story anyway of, oh, that's why he misbehaves, and that's why I'm a dad who's not attentive enough. His mom died. It's just a catch all explanation without any specifics whatsoever. The people at the military base keep using weapons that have they're ineffective against the zombies. This is like a military research facility, and yet they 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 continuously fail to realize that the weapons that they try over and over again are not effective against the zombies. <laughs> Why is there
1: only one bullet too?
0: The one weapon they have like freezes their brain. Like, but they have and to carry they have it around. To with, reload like, it. Surely, are they firing it with compressed air or something? Like, surely, there's a know. better way to shoot this thing than compressed. No, air. No,
1: because you see the bullet.
0: Well, I'm saying that the the force that's that sends the projectile. It doesn't appear to be like a,
1: oh, okay. it, they
0: ha, they're carrying around like some kind of compressed air tank or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like a propellant. Like you would think of a normal gun cartridge. I don't know. I don't know what technology it is. I just, it, it appears to be, it doesn't look like their research program is very strong, even though this is a military research facility. And then even beyond these nonsense points, the story just sucks anyway. Well, a guy's yeah. girlfriend dies, so he makes her a zombie and they ruin the world with more zombies before they kill themselves anyway. The end. Nobody cares. There's nothing meaningful to that at all. The characters. Oh, my God. I, I realize I still have so much ch- I just, there's, I have more hate for this movie. I'll try to move a little more quickly. Each new character is worse than the last, though. Like, why is this middle-aged Mexican guy so hell-bent on chasing teenagers around? What? I, a, a teenager bumped into me at a store better, like better chase them on this bizarre murder quest, even though my friend was bitten by a zombie and is clearly dying, but I'm going to take him into yeah. the sewer. Yeah. And then the, we, we spoke about magical Negroes last week. What mm. is this bizarre magical Negro hobo man hobo. who yeah. is all about helping strangers, but apparently can't help himself, which is clearly what LA bums do. They just, they help others which is why they're homeless. They have no time to help themselves. This guy was a Rafiki ripoff. That's what he was. Rafiki from The Lion King, except for this movie came out a year before The Lion King, so it couldn't possibly be an actual ripoff. And why the hell is Kurt's dad such a bad parent? He watches his son engage in degenerate and criminal behavior without intervention repeatedly all the way up to suicide. And he does this after saying he owes his son more attention and time, which he never provides. That guy deserved a gruesome death, but we don't even get that. Kurt's dad just walks out. Oh, now I guess Kurt died too. Sucks that his mom died, but now he died also. Okay, I'll go back to work tomorrow. I, or whatever. There were a lot of terrible effects too. Did you notice when they when Kurt and, and Julie were first in the military base and they're watching that like worker process human body parts? Yes. He lifts up an entire leg with like the strength of his pinky finger because <laughs> the things made of foam and his, like they didn't even try to give it weight or movement.
1: I found that charming. Though.
0: It, it was so ridiculous. And then her suicide off her attempted suicide off the bridge. Yeah. And she it's clearly like a, a just a horribly stiff, terrible dummy that doesn't look real at all. Kurt's wound makeup after the motorcycle crash is like they dipped a Q-tip in Smucker's. And did three lines on his forehead. That was the extent of that makeup. All of that. I say with the exception of Julie's final form. Costume. That that was cool. That was memorable. So there was high effort there. I thought a lot of the camera work was terrible. Do you see? There are a lot of really tight shots on people's faces. There's a lot of weird movement in the camera work. And specifically, I know this is one point, but it really stuck with me. When Kurt. When Julie dies on the motorcycle and Kurt's screaming, somebody help us. There's a zoom out that looks like it's from mm-hmm. America's home videos or something like that. America's Funniest Home Videos is so poorly done. It, it looked like a Bigfoot sighting, the footage. It yeah. was so poorly filmed. And that made the final cut somehow. <laughs> and my last point. Why am I seeing what are supposed to be teenage teas? The bare boobs caught me off guard. OK,
1: dude, she's she was twenty five. Who
0: cares? I just do you have to show the nips to get the effect? Maybe yes. I'm being too puritanic, but if the now I grant it's not child porn or something because she's not a child. But if you're. Creating it with the intent of the viewer believing that's what it is. Is that a problem? This would be an extreme extension of this reasoning, but, but maybe there are some similarities here. If you create, um, fictionalized child porn, like it's a computer generated image of child pornography that there's no child who was victimized in that, but aren't there still moral considerations about like someone getting enjoyment or pleasure from such a thing?
1: Okay, it's so crazy that you bring that up because last night I watched a movie called The Artifice Girl and it was really good. You should watch it. And it hmm. was about that subject matter, Like a master tech guy creates um, like a, a tech character supposedly not based on anybody who's an 11-year-old girl that he uses to lure pedophiles in to get them arrested. And it okay. was about the ethics of that. Yeah. And I was watching it. I was like, Sky would love this movie. You
0: should watch it. Yeah. I I mean, again, to the chatter and anybody who thinks I'm going too far with this, I'm not accusing (laughs) this movie of being like child pornography or something. I'm just saying if the intent is for me to see what I'm supposed to believe are teenage nipples and I don't know, I guess find enjoyment in that or something that makes me, I have questions about that. That's all I'm saying. It's, it's not
1: pedophilic though. Pedophilic is prepubescent girls. Every man on the planet is attracted to teenage girls. I mean,
0: Okay, fine. They were sweet teas. Uh, you win.
1: The actress is 25. Who cares?
0: <laughs> anyway, it's a two out of five rating for me.
1: Sorry, Steven. We love you.
0: <laughs> it's definitely enough for me, dog. That's okay, though. You're allowed to be a super fan of things other people don't like. And there's fun in that, too. Um,
1: this chick, like, nine out of ten smokes.
0: And I wasn't bored. I will say that if you, I was not bored by the movie, I did know in the review, almost nobody who's in this movie with the exception of, of the Julie mm-hmm. actress, Melinda Clark went on to have a meaningful career. They <laughs> this, what did
1: Melinda Clark. Do?
0: This appeared, she was in the OC and she was in some other stuff. Um,
1: Dude, she's so hot,
0: but the, this, this was like a career ender for everybody else. It seems they know, or at least sucked they, my balls, they never went on to do anything else. Oh, um, she
1: played Rachel Bilson's mom, but is like, Five years older than
0: Rachel Wilson. (laughs) As far as the early vote, not a lot of votes just yet, but the people who have voted, uh, this actually has a ton of hate. One and twos. This is probably the most hated audience vote in the early vote that I've seen in a long time. That's kind of surprises me. Next week, I knew this was gonna happen and I can't wait.
1: God damn it, do I have to watch American History X? American
0: History X. (sighs) been a long time like in
1: labor watching american history
0: oh yeah that's true there might be a delay Uh, so (sighs) we'll watch that for next week and then uh, we still have uh, as far as the remaining nominations for january from listener electric ninja we have unforgiven soylent green the exorcist tommy boy raising arizona friday the elephant man or of course you can reject the list in favor of a randomly selected top rated movie instead as a reminder if you'd like to excuse me if you'd like to read my movie reviews comment how wrong i am submit your own rating vote for the next movie and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month the one and only place to do it is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of my website that is matt or matt is dot and we and will we catch up with your with chats and we'll weeks. call it a night sorry i talked over you what'd you say no, I, I'm,
1: I'm worried. Of, I'm just having a lot of contractions right now. Am I going to have to do this for weeks? Is that what's going to happen here?
0: I don't know, man. I've, I just, in my wife's case, it was shorter. I mean, it was like 72 hours of painful contractions, but I don't know. Who knows? I I couldn't tell you. That's my only experience with pregnant women.
1: I just need to make it five more days.
0: Uh, there's that consideration too. Yeah. So it's not a preemie baby. Okay. All right, right. as a reminder, this is our final go on selecting chats for the hydroponics kit giveaway. So anything that tickles your funny bone ought to be selected. Over on Rumble, Raymond Donovan is gay, says, how are you going to material improve the life? How are you? It's that time of night. Third time. Third attempt here. How are you going to materially improve the lives of those you care about? not referring to the stream, blonde, keep up the banger tweets. How do you square the circle of strong opinions but woman? Uh, how, do, how am I going to materially improve the lives of the people that I care about? Well, as as seriously as I take my my you know air quotes professional obligations, I only take them seriously to the extent that they serve, my primary role and my, my priority, which is being a husband and father. And so obviously the first thing that I'm trying to do is to provide my wife and children with the best life that they can possibly have uh, to the extent that I can have uh, a little bit more of an effect on the, the wider community in my neighborhood. And here in Bozeman, that's an area in which I'd probably like to expand a little bit. Like I, you know, I, I, I probably, if I was thinking about new year's resolutions and how to improve my community, I probably should get involved with like a a church or I probably should think about trying to gain some kind of local office or I probably should think about how to get involved with a local charity that's doing work that I appreciate. Um, Being dad and father is first and foremost, but part of being a dad and father is making sure that, that there's a good community for your children to grow up in. And I don't think that I do a great job on that front. So if I was thinking about ways to improve, that's where I'd go.
1: Um, in terms of my strong opinions, but woman thing, I mean, so I'm watching this Genesis of like, like fresh and fit and whatever podcasts and Pearl. And like, I, I find them all so their takes so retarded that it's actually put me in a position where I was, where I'm like, have I been too hard on women? I also, um, I'm about to have my second daughter and I have to interact with incompetent millennial men just all the time, How just all you? the time. I I don't know what to say. Like I'm looking at my group of friends. I'm looking at uh, who has a successful relationship and who's having kids. And every one of those relationships has some element of egalitarianism in it. Hmm. And so I'm just starting to think that like we can't adopt the traditionalism of old because men don't have the skills that our grandfathers had. Women don't either. I don't. I'm not letting women off the hook or anything. But the marriages that I'm seeing that don't fail there is a necessary level of egalitarianism and that I find that distasteful, but I also find divorce and family families breaking up. I find that way worse. So I think that like whatever we need to do to stay together in our millennial marriages is, is the necessary path. Like, I I don't care if it doesn't square with what I believed before. Uh, So I'm starting to think that like Pearl has actually led me to this position where I'm like, women are not responsible for the downfall of the West in that we were led here by other evil forces. <clears throat> and I know okay. we you know, supposedly have agency and all this yeah. shit, but it's, it's given me like a much more positive um, self image. And I think it's going to benefit me in raising my daughters too.
0: Well, I I uh, would like to mock you for excusing women. Very convenient for the woman to do that on behalf of her fellow women. <clears throat> but I, I, when I think about we it, we need to
1: be led. We need to be led. There's like, ju- there
0: is an inherent truth to that, that, that yeah. men are most satisfied when they lead women. Women are most satisfied when men lead them. That is the rule. You can come at me with whatever exceptions you want. Uh, But the, the, there's a lot of truth that, a, that a lot of the faults of, of feminism or progressive um, views about gender relations, that those exist to the extent that, that men allow them to exist. And yeah. I don't, I don't mean just with, like, the backhand. I mean, with the sort of leadership quality that women are naturally attracted to.
1: Things got really bad in the 60s. It predates that. I mean, suffrage and everything like that. Um, But what really happened was men, they were like, I'm willing to sell out my culture and the values of my culture and traditionalism so that I can bang these hippie sluts. It's true. And, you know, they, they were hippie sluts. But, like, do women have agency or uh do they not have agency And if they do which i think we should all agree that like we have limited agency uh putting on the backs of women uh the responsibility of sexual morality like the whole of sexual morality is um it's too much responsibility it's like like men also need to do their duty to keep it in their pants and not destroy society so they can like Bang, Barbara or whatever. Well,
0: yeah, uh, the morality of sexual behavior in men is <laughs> is uh, follows the same rules as the rest of our behavior. Uh, mm. uh, what is the quote um, I, I've heard Jordan Peterson say it, it to some extent. I know you'll roll you'll roll your eyes at uh, a reference to him, but this this quote is uh, it was something to the effect of being a man is having absolutely monstrous capabilities but having it under control. Yeah. You know, a, a, mo- um, a man is able to do horrible things but understands the moral constraints on that behavior. And at the Women same thing, are
1: also capable of horrible. Moral yeah. Problems. But
0: I just mean like the physical strength component of it. Women lack that. So they tend to kind of be more manipulative in their approach. Yeah. Yeah. Men. I just mean like the brute strength of it and yeah, totally. your ability to physically take over a situation. Uh, the same truth is the same is true for, for the sexual drive in men. You, Moral behavior in that regard is learning to focus it in its proper outlet, which yeah. is the raising of the next generation. Deviations from that, you know, we should we should seek to avoid because they are they are a departure from the purpose of that urge and that behavior. But yeah, I, I think we're, I think we're mostly on the same page here. Uh, yeah. Bring back the backhands. Yeah. It's the only way out.
1: lon just sounds like she's saying give us power, but no responsibility. No, we should have no power. That's, that's Yeah. It's right. big,
0: well, or, or, you know, power through the family. And, yeah. and that's where that's men where have their power, most power yeah. too. you know, that that's how all of us have the <clears> most power <throat> is through family.
1: But I'm looking at this generation of men that, you know, they can't fix anything. They can't do anything. They have none of the skills that, that are, that our grandfathers had, uh, none of the masculinity. And then they require, uh, to even consider dating, dating a woman. they they're, they're like, well, I require totally. Uh, total submission it's like but but in the lack of competence how can a woman do that
0: that was a a feature on one of those terrible dating shows my wife and i will watch sometimes that i pretend not to like but actually do uh it's it's trash tv bonding time for us but there was a guy in this and this is one of those shows where they're married this guy wanted his wife to do all the traditional things of cook for him clean for him and we're both like okay right on like he wants a traditional relationship i
1: saw this but but he didn't want to uh provide for the family
0: and he doesn't want to provide, he wants her to provide equally financially for the children. And he also wants her to work full time. It's like, dude, that that's not the she deal at all. What are you that. talking like, about? That's not the deal at all. That doesn't make any sense. No,
1: and that's a thing. Like I'm seeing men make these, these financial requirements of women. I'm like, well, you do realize that you give up commensurate power. If you're, if you're giving women that financial yeah. responsibility, right? Well, and you're so not going to
0: find satisfaction in that way as a man either.
1: I don't see a lot of men that are really uh, maintaining the sole provider.
0: in in fairness it's very hard these days and so i make a distinction whether or not it's
1: hard for them they they still are giving up that that power and then they have to assume certain female responsibilities perhaps creates a weird dynamic in a relationship i
0: would make a distinction between a man who views that sole provider head of household as the ideal but understands he might have to make certain concessions to move his family toward that versus the guy that i'm talking about where he actively wants his wife to work full-time and also be the homemaker, which makes no sense.
1: Why would any woman sign up for
0: this? It's it's a nonsense deal. No. Yeah. Anyway, Raymond Donovan, thank you for the uh, discussion point. I think we talked for about 10 minutes on that. So we love you. Appreciate the very, very special. Much. And since we, I know this wasn't a comedy thing, but I'm going to give him an entry into the uh, giveaway just because we obviously uh-huh. found a lot of value in that chat. So. Thank you, Raymond Donovan. Um, I guess rules are rules. I have to play this for him, even though it's not really funny. But, okay. <laughs> That's funny! Uh, we're good on Rumble. We are good on Odyssey. We're good on DLive. So if we catch up with uh, Tippy and YouTube, we're all set.
1: Sure. I'm seeing a few comments I have to address. Okay. Uh, so it's great that you married Rich. Very few men have the opportunity to do that. Okay. First of all, I didn't. Second of all, If you want a traditional chaste wife, I I don't know what to tell you people like we can all agree that to some, we can all agree that to some degree marriages are an exchange of female chastity and fertility and male wealth. And if you want to maintain that from a male perspective, if you aren't bringing wealth, then you have no right to the chastity or the unpaid family services that a woman provides. So it doesn't matter if that's difficult for you or if it's unfair, you still don't have a right to that kind of woman because you aren't providing.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that, the general breakdown. And I think if given the state of society right now, you may have to make compromises in that male role just because of the realities that we're dealing with. It's, it's, yeah, very, yeah. it's very hard to be that sole provider they're talking about. But if you have to make those compromises, then she, you'll have to accept compromises on her ideal on form her- as well.
1: Exactly, and then I'm also saying maybe women should be more content with a little less, Um, of course. But look around your friend your friend group. I like how everybody talks about their lived experience on the left, like it's so fucking important. Then, but like anecdotal information on the right means nothing to anybody. Look at all of your friend groups. How many women do you know that are fiercely materialistic, that are um, like just extracting wealth from their husbands to buy stupid crap? I maybe I have a really good solid group of friends, but I swear I do not know anybody like this. I don't know I don't know any women like this. Oh they're, women who just
0: kinda like drain their provider husbands?
1: Yes. I I don't know. I can, am I being, I can think of a I few examples swayed?
0: in my own experience, but it's I wouldn't say common. I don't think it's a common thing.
1: Yeah, I just I don't know. I mean, maybe it's that I have surrounded myself with really good people and it's warped my perception of what like other couples are like i don't know anybody that got divorce raped or divorced um i don't know any woman that's like using her husband's paycheck to buy crap or is super materialistic i don't i, just, know, I just don't know you know where
0: i have seen that a lot though uh, asian women <laughs> it's the asians but in the yeah. military context too where oh, women yeah. Yeah, yeah. just abuse their husband's benefits or cynically yeah. even get married to military guys for the it's purpose the of yeah Yeah, there's a lot of that in that context that's true um, but yeah I, I for the most part the like the, the woman who's not working and siphoning off her husband especially like absent children or something like that or despite her children I don't know a ton of examples of that but the divorce rates are there I mean the divorce rates are the divorce rates so they're happening for a reason it's just
1: the divorce you know, rates for first marriages of white christians are super low it's less than 10 hmm. percent. the divorce rate statistics of 50 plus percent include all people that are married more than once yeah so like if you're entering a union with somebody that's similar to you in a similar social class it's your first marriage and you're both white you have a 90 percent chance of never getting divorced that is very encouraging i've
0: heard that about the habitual offenders too that you know, yeah yeah i mean if one there person has five
1: th- that have been married six times that yeah. are getting factored into these divorce rate statistics. that's not fair yeah okay uh john davenport from west jordan did i already read this one no Lon gained 250 pounds of luscious fat and post-progress <laughs> pics per my weight gain fetish listen i have gained 30 pounds during this pregnancy and i feel like i'm morbidly obese like this is i don't know how people get super fat um i feel unhealthy and disgusting and I wake myself up snoring and it's just terrible. Like how do people weigh 300 pounds and stuff? How do they do that?
0: Trapped in, trapped in my own body is what my wife would say. Uh, yes. It's like, you're a prisoner of your own body in a way. I don't know what that's like, obviously, but that's the way that she describes it.
1: Yeah. Boogeyman917. Happy New Year's. Cheers. Thank you, Ryan Spratt.
0: Thank you, Boogeyman.
1: Happy birthday, my younger brother, Matthew. May God bless your growth and development as a young man. Happy birthday.
0: Happy birthday, so Matthew. Great name as well.
1: He also said, thanks for the awesome content over the last year. Looking forward to the future of tenant. Also, Blonde, oh. they forgot to put your picture in the hot conservative women calendar. Happy New Year. I made a hilarious tweet about that. Everybody should go look. Um,
0: oh, I did. I did see that. Yeah. Why they didn't include you in the calendar. Uh, blonde Ryan, thank you for the well-wishing. I appreciate it. Happy tweets. New Year to you. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I jumped on your shout out.
1: Oh, no. It's okay. Blonde uh, underscore on, tweets. Thoughts and blogs. Blonde, if you poop out that baby before the first, you get another write-off on your taxes. <gasps> yeah. That's right. You got to
0: hurry so you can claim another dependent for the year.
1: I only have 26 hours.
0: Maybe it'll happen.
1: Mm. No, they don't count it until the baby actually comes out.
0: So if it's like if the baby's birth date or birth time is 1159 on December 31st. Yeah. That counts as a dependent for this year.
1: It's not going to happen, buddy. I'm sorry arc. It's about time to backhand folks who still buy into the January 6th line and everything else along those lines. A straight up slap slap. No. Will Smith may have been ahead of his time there in Hitch. Do we watch Hitch?
0: Uh, no, I haven't seen it. Um, I did look up whether there's going to be another January 6th vigil in town this year with a bunch of uh, mm-hmm. CNN watching olds for me to go challenge again. I see no record of it. I think I, I think I uh, discouraged them out of town or they're having a mm-hmm. private vigil this year if they're having it again i'll go check it out but no january 6th vigil in bozeman as far as i've seen if people catch any word of that i would like to know uh Ark, yeah thank you for supporting the show
1: shotgun William, the home alone crooks must be guns and roses fans because they're knock knock knocking at <laughs> kevin's door
0: uh all right all right i, I, I'm, I like
2: the <laughs>
1: guardian, previously Matt wanted to know why one would find a pregnant lady attractive one the glow up old school definition is very real and powerful especially early on two happy ladies are the prettiest that is um, asinine my sexual market value has never been lower I'm 36 I'm fat I'm pregnant even my husband is like like. Mm.
0: I don't even understand now again I understand why a man is attracted to a, his wife or a woman pregnant with his child I get that but just physiologically, biologically, it would seem just like lizard brain stuff. There would be no reason for you as a man to be attracted to a woman pregnant with another man's child. It seems no. like your lizard brain would say, no go, dude. That that yeah, one's like- that one's uh, out of commission for the next few months.
1: Oh, can you read a few of these? Yeah.
0: Uh so yeah, but I'll, I'll take your I'll take your points, injured Garney. Bo Matt and Blonde, do either of you have a favorite moment of the year? Mine was seeing Laura. Or sorry, Lana, is that Lana's last name? I don't know how to say. Yeah,
1: it. yeah Uh,
0: Go off about uh, Seattle's multicultural nutcracker suite. We've all okay, seen so Lana go off, but that was awesome.
1: I hang out with her because we're uh, we're neighbors, and she came back from Seattle and she was so fucking pissed. She's so pissed. <laughs> I've never seen her so mad before. It was hilarious, but apparently she went to see the nutcracker in Seattle, and there was like a minority tranny. Like about ball- ballerina that was not good. It was like a diversity hire ballerina, and she was like, "What what is happening here?" Um, favorite moment of the year? Hmm. what even happened this year?
0: I liked owning the olds at the January sixth vigil. <laughs> it was early oh. in the year. um How was this year? Trying to at- think, what else was a major accomplishment this year? I mean, obviously, I'm happy for the new opportunity that's going on with the tenants. You had a
1: baby this year. Well,
0: I'm talking about professionally, I guess. That's what I was thinking. He
1: didn't say that.
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm very thankful for the new baby, but I didn't realize that was the context we were talking about. Um, That would be a favorite moment of the year. I mean, just personally, it's been a huge year for me to get um, to get my parents here, to get my family set up, to have our second son And to sustain, you know, a stupid internet job that allows those things to happen, I feel incredibly fortunate to have. And so I thank everybody who supports the show, obviously. Um, But like professional moments, I'll have to think more about it. Was there, did you have one? Professional?
1: No. Yeah. I'm super jazzed that I'm pregnant and that it's almost over. My trip to Japan was also awesome.
0: That's right. There was that too. Uh, Oh. Anyway, uh, thank you, Bocephus. I appreciate it. Happy New Year to you and all the best in the coming year. Uh, Beatty Beatty, I think. Thanks for the Sanity Safe Space. Have a happy New Year. Prayers for Matt, Blonde, and your family, too. Well, thank you. All the best to you as well.
2: We happy love you. You're very special.
0: Chief and Beef. Nikki Haley nearly had my vote when she didn't say slavery was the cause of the Civil War. Based and Indian pilled as natives were the last group in America who owned slaves. Is that true? That probably is true. You're right. Though she is a dot Indian, not a feather Indian. Venus? What is that about? (laughs) I (laughs) I wonder, I actually don't know the history on that. When um, the slaves were freed, did that extend to the tribes or did the tribes hold slaves after the fact? Mm -hmm. I guess some of the tribes, the Indian Wars obviously happened uh, in large part after the Civil War. You know, you have all the conflict with the the U.S. Army and the Indian tribes Ugh. in the West trying to get them onto reservations. So I assume there must have been slave ownership after the Civil War. That would make sense. I mean, we those those that conflict was going on into the 1880s and stuff. So, all right, Ugh. must be. You're probably right about that. Jonathan Prezio says, uh, "Hey guys, I found out some information that the lady that was running the Innocence Project got herself into government." and others so they can easily get people out of prison no one really talks about that that's news to me if that's true oh really so the innocence project just works on behalf of who they believe to be falsely convicted people is that correct mm-hmm. yeah. it'd be quite a stretch to say we're not just in favor of freeing that's the falsely convicted we are also in in favor of like just everybody getting out but maybe there's some of that going on
1: oh um yeah, they, I think the Innocence Project was behind Julius Jones and that guy really did it.
0: <laughs> I don't know <laughs> sure. that. I've heard you reference that one before, but I don't, I don't know the specifics on it.
1: I did an interview with actual Justice Warrior about that. Um,
0: mm-hmm. oh uh, violate the Magistrate. Thanks for supporting the show. Neha says, "Well, over the last years my political philosophy has marched far to the right of this show and even the purer, <laughs> I still find great value in your insights and synergy. Merry Christmas and a joyous Yule. Well, happy New Year to you. I've now yeah. I'm curious about what your um, what your views are. Like if you if if you find this show, not that I think we're like the edgiest show in the world or something, but like I don't know, if casual discussion of TNF is cocked for you, what are you, what are your views? I'd be interested. Oh, no, I know.
1: do understand that. I mean, despite what I just said about women, which seems like a very leftist perspective, um at this point in time if you aren't like basically a national socialism like what are you even doing
0: uh, well i don't know i i, I give me a couple I'm more years well my my salute will be perfected and no i'm not going to do it actually
1: national of. socialism in this country would be a disaster because of multiculturalism but mm-hmm. in germany i, I don't know it might have worked
0: true national socialism has never been tried well i mean <laughs> they did try it but some people intervened is what happened swag mcfresh uh, Matt, love you, but you missed the chance to name your son Christian. Then you can introduce to, introduce him as my son, Christian Christensen. And then once he's baptized, he'll be my Christian son, Christian Christensen. Love it. Uh, uh, I see what you did there. That's very Macaulay Culkin. You know, you're getting an entry for that. <laughs> honey M- Macaulay Culkin's uh, of course put his uh, his name up for a vote on the internet and ended up with Macaulay Macaulay Culkin Culkin right <laughs>
1: that's
0: right this is something sort of similar okay uh Grizzilla this is the first weekend I haven't cried since my girlfriend passed away on November 8th she turned 53 on November 5th and died a few oh. days later hug and tell your loved ones uh, your loved ones you love them well very sorry to hear it of course and uh, wise words we
2: love you you're very special
0: wise words in uh, a, a very sad context obviously but uh, i hope i hope you can find peace with it and um and uh, i hope that uh, you're able to, to put some meaning and purpose to it too and that's that's really all you can do with loss in that way you can make sure that there's something about that loss that drives you forward with the rest of your life and uh i hope that you're able to find that but um but yeah it it, it's it's certainly true that tomorrow is never guaranteed. People get deleted from your life on a moment's notice all the time. So, you know, craft mm-hmm. your relationships with that understanding. Pick Probably your fights you with that understanding. Them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all the best, Griselda. Happy New Year, Joe says I'm straight. Just wanted to let everyone know. Uh,
1: <laughs> okay, Joe.
0: <laughs> Wait, where's my? Uh, I, I, my sounders are so disorganized. This is the one I was thinking of. This is he's doing (laughs) I'm straight. You fucking bitch. That's what he's doing. Amazing (laughs) mama. Selma Hayek is the sexiest woman over 50. Confirm or deny.
1: Have you seen that new picture of Martha Stewart? I don't know.
0: Is there a sexiest woman over 50? I mean, no, that's not a thing. What are we talking about here? I don't know. I mean, she's not. She's not really my type. I'll put it that way. I always forget it's Selma, not Selma.
1: Selma sorry
0: amazing llama it's salma <laughs> anyway uh you're you're welcome to your uh appreciation of salma and thank you for supporting the show injured guardian says matt she needs a, a big bird costume me a 90s kid grease and spoon her grease and spoon her grease and spoon her i'm a 90s kid too but what the hell is the grease and spoon bit well yeah. i'm gonna find out Here's a video. Uh, I can put it in our video share and see what this is. It's ten seconds, so there's no way I'm going to get a um, a copyright strike on this. It's some sort of cartoon thing. Yeah, sure. It looks like maybe a Disney thing or something. Let me uh, see if I can pull it up.
1: Yeah.
0: This is Grease and Spoon him. I got to be careful with this. okay i i never saw that i don't
1: i don't i don't know this at all yeah
0: i don't know that one so i guess i'll have to i don't even know what cartoon that was some disney thing but what show was that
1: i don't
0: know grease and spoon also what are they doing with the grease and the spoon anyway (laughs) and thank you for that knowledge injured guardian incompetent hands i had damar hamlin a Chinese spy balloon, Tiffany's freak out, submer- the submersible implosion, and a Bud Light boycott on my 2023 bingo card. But I still didn't spell out bingo. I needed a matte hit piece. That's a good one. I like that.
2: <laughs> oh my God, that is was Listen, funny.
0: anyone who bets on a matte hit piece, I don't care what odds you're getting. You don't take that bet. It's guaranteed that you'll lose Never money. Never going to happen. Yeah. It's so-
1: tailspin.
0: Okay, that rings a bell. I don't know that I ever watched that show uh, frequently, but but uh, that, that rings a bell. Okay, I need to refresh.
1: I got a few. Um, incompetent Hands. I had, you read that, sorry. Uh, did you read Bill W.? Uh, no. Shanna Bellow's knees are red. Her name is very appropriate.
0: She, she, sheen it's some kind of joke about uh you know why her knees her are elbows obviously.
1: or is she it a bj balance. thing
0: it, well, yeah it has to be that's that's my point
1: Bill, i'm, sorry. I'm sorry there's
0: there's something there i just can't i get the themes oh. i just can't find it it's probably because i'm an idiot with oh my all
1: god respect. this sucks <sighs>
0: Jason takes proud to announce our third and most likely final child due in July. Love my two daughters more than I thought possible, but for fuck's sake, I hope (laughs) this is a boy. Well, Godspeed to you, man. Uh, We love you. You're very special. I, I, as you know, I've got two boys now. I would like to raise a daughter though, too. I would like to experience both. So I hope you get that experience as well.
1: I don't care. I'm not doing this again.
0: I I don't believe you. Walter Mellon. Congratulations on another great year of both of your families getting bigger. Would either of you consider signing with anyone for more reliable income? How much would you need to sign a contract and take a deal uh, and take the deal dough for your families? Uh, I don't know. It depends on the I terms would. of the deal, I suppose, you know? But- yeah,
1: it probably depends on the terms of the deal for me, too. I can't say that like there's no amount of money that would. I mean, there definitely is. It would-
0: and you know it depends too like do, the the reason that that i uh, agreed to work with tenant is cuz they don't want editorial control of what i'm doing they just want me to make what i make if somebody wanted to like have me be a mouthpiece for them like you you're going to write what i say i don't know i mean i guess there's a price for everything i don't know man I, for someone to actually take control of my voice in that way the price would be guaranteed security for my, fam- for my family until the end of time. And I don't know that anyone's willing to, to offer like that. Like to
1: work, work for Ben Shapiro? I mean, my mom would have to die first.
0: <laughs> because she'll kill you do. if you do.
1: I'd be like, mom, but they're going to pay me a billion dollars. And then she'd be like, no, under no circumstances are you going to do that.
0: Well, I don't know. Did she see the number? The, the day that Ben Shapiro gives you an offer, that'll be a good You're an asshat. In hell. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, 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 I, I can't give you a number answer, Walter Mellon. It's more about the principles that are at stake, and and the, to the degree that I've that I'm willing to work with other people, it just depends on whether they're trying to control me or not. And uh, and thankfully, i found found um, a working relationship this year in which that's not the case. MC Kras- Krakowski, thank you for providing an informative and fun show. Your dedication to this channel is much appreciated. May 2024 find you and yours happy and healthy. See you next year. Well, thank you, and thank we you will buddy. see you next year. Appreciate your support for the show. Happy New Year, Scott Allen says. Amnesty Act of 1872 limited the 14th to the 36th of uh, 37th, or to the 36th and 37th Congress, but only to members that were members in 1861. It did not apply to the president because he lost citizenship. Dems took control in 1876 because of it. Okay, that's um, I don't know all the specifics of that particular piece of history, so that's something I'll have to check out. But, uh, but as far as the the Fourteenth Amendment's application to the to the president, I want to read more about that, especially with what uh, Ginger Ninja was saying earlier. Uh, thank you for the, uh, the the information and the support for the show, Scott. Appreciate it. Happy New Year. AP says Happy New Year, guys! Literally, the only show I look forward to all week, every week. Blonde, I'm mad you didn't induce on Christmas. Now our kids don't have the same birthday. Well, yeah,
1: I should have. Induced on Christmas so that I had a preterm baby, so that our children have this. A- <laughs> no, I know you're joking.
0: Congratulations and happy birthday to your kid. Appreciate your kind words and support for the show. Jay Harrison says, "Long time listener, I'd love to see some blonde quick take videos, quick dry wit. You're a treasure.
1: Oh, thank you. My problem with making videos is that I have no motivation. I'm in this like family. I I just." Do, getting up the energy to do the show, especially during this pregnancy, has been really difficult. Like I don't know when I'm going to come back to regular content. But whenever I do, I'm going to have a major You suck. Effort. Fuck you. I'm going to rebrand. I'm going to find what makes me motivated. And whether or not I'm making money, I think I'm just going to do it.
0: And you're going to have to reconcile with the compromises that you're making about being a provider as a female in a, in a household.
1: Oh yeah, my family is highly reliant on my income, so you know that that also needs to be said. Um, injured guardian. It seems that the vandalized Jewish gentleman is already married, which means that he cantaloupe.
0: (laughs) It's a fruit joke that really came together, man. (laughs) That's funny. That's uh, was that in Wait a minute, was that incompetent hands back to back on those? No, injured guardian. Injured guardian. Injured guardian. All right, get it right make sure I have the entry correct thank you injured guardian
1: uh, Brandon Wilkes. I got distracted from the stream for a second and I heard Matt say bifty on bifty violence immediately thought Vivek and Haley ran into each other at a 7-11 and threw down over the last curry
2: <laughs> oh my god that is it's true how did I fail to realize
0: that there's bifty on bifty conflicts with those two oh, oh. Uh, let me grab that one that was Brandon Wilkes okay uh, dungeon breath, Matt. Uh, you are slur. Wait, what's the R slur? Retard. Oh, the Civil War wasn't set off over slavery, but over the South refusing to pay Lincoln's tariff, uh, tariffs. Lincoln, uh, slavery was Lincoln's obviously disingenuous uh, post post hoc. Well, you're saying that he came up with that rationalization after the fact. These are a bunch of Latin words that I'm going to mispronounce, and everyone's going to make fun of me. Uh, no need to pander to the historically illiterate. No, I what I'm he saying. He
1: didn't say that though, did he?
0: I'm. It's. He used set off in quotation marks, so I assume that's the language that I used, but uh, allow me to clarify or allow me to expand. No, I'm saying that 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 sl- in South Carolina's secession documents, for example, and, this, and the documents of several other states at the time, they reference slavery specifically. They want self-determination on the issue of slavery. I'm not saying that slavery is the sole cause of the civil war. In fact, I think that there was a lot of conflict between the States and the federal government at the time that would have become an issue in a way that could have potentially been a war independent of the issue of slavery. I'm just making the point that slavery is, is the contentious issue or uh, you're making your point about tariffs. I'm not denying those. I'm not saying that doesn't, that doesn't matter. I'm saying that, Who's deciding the issue of slavery and how it'll be policed is a fundamental issue to the Civil War. That's all. I'm not saying slavery is the sole explanation. That's that's what they are trying to browbeat people to say. And I obviously, I don't buy into that that simplistic explanation. Mm. Uh, but did you have more thoughts on that? Nope. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you, Dungeon Breath. I'm sorry if I was an mm. Uh Bobby C. Sometimes blonde will say racial stuff and I'll think, come on, blonde. But then another crazy black... <laughs> <laughs> another crazy person of color starts screaming about killing white people you stabbing girls black
1: on this show what is happening <laughs> well, he said
0: crazy black and that's kind of a, a slur isn't it i don't know <laughs> i'm trying i'm trying to make sure raja muhan treats us nicely this year you know i'm trying to start the new year off on a, on a good <sighs> a good note uh So he says this crazy, this crazy uh, stabber of color starts screaming and stabbing white people. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's why. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I just, I just got here by looking at the world around me. I don't know what to tell anybody. Um, Indra guardian given his words at the beginning of the show, I was hoping that Matt had recovered the aforementioned boobs V teeth story, but then he mentioned the movie. It was quite disappointing. I forgot Hmm. about that.
0: I kind of forgot that this was controversial too, that, some reporter had sweet teas and I commented on her teeth over her teas. And that became a thing.
1: No, she had like big jiggly boobs that were the same size and proportionate <laughs> to her body. But she like, wasn't, she was like thin and had giant tits. Yeah. It was like the tit lottery. And Matt's like, Oh, she's got lovely teeth. Right? Well,
0: okay. <laughs> here's the thing. This is a question. <laughs> hypo- is mostly a hypothetical question for men <laughs> in the audience, but you could opine, you know, um, if you had to deal with either, Terrible teeth or terrible tees, which would you pick?
1: I would rather deal with terrible teeth. It's the most fixable cosmetic procedure. I suppose
0: that's like intervention is allowed. I suppose. Okay. We're going with that premise.
1: If you have like sloppy, big teeth, like there is just, have you seen what breast reduction surgeries look like after?
0: I've, no, I have not. But I take
1: out, they take make a huge incision, incision down the nipple area and then take out the fat from underneath. So you have a huge T-shaped scar. It looks awful.
0: I mean, ter- if you can't adjust, if, you, if no alterations are allowed, terrible teeth are tough to get over.
1: If no adjustments are allowed. I'm hmm.
0: Thank you, injured guardian. Uh, we talk about the important. I'm sorry of- it was disappointing. <laughs> John Richardson or Johan, sorry, Johan Richardson. The Civil War was caused when Blonde's nose expanded into the <laughs> Kansas territory, causing Scarlett O'Hara to slap her nose, leaving it bleeding. Oh. i'm gonna i'm gonna select that one. <laughs> that's
1: good that's yeah funny. i've got to say i think that my nose might be worse in this pregnancy than the last pregnancy but i do know that it goes back to normal and that is really really reassuring
0: uh okay how, well how how fast does it go back to normal
1: it takes about three months
2: I doubt
0: it. well who's oh. up next
1: knuckle hunky buck blonde oh, you're, you're beautiful yeah. Your baby will be beautiful. A sunset is beautiful. Before you were pregnant, you were hot. A baby and a sunset are not hot. There's a huge difference between beauty and hot. Fair
2: no, enough. I'm
1: I'm I'm under no um, delusions about how I look right now, you know. But like sometimes you just have to focus on the function of your body. Like I'm growing a huge, uh, another human life. Did it give me a giant nose and a square ass? Do my nipples look like sausages? Yes. It's a huge (laughs) bummer. It really bums me out. But I've had a baby before and things mostly went back to where they were before I had a baby. You know, I'm never going to be 20 again. I'm 36 and I'm pregnant. And I just have to move on. I, I'm just grateful I'm pregnant. And oh, I'm of course.
0: Of There's yeah. nothing wrong with being 36 and getting older. It happens that we all get old. The thing you don't want to confront is like, wow, I realize I'm getting older, but not doing any of the stuff I'm supposed to be doing or no. haven't accomplished the stuff I should have accomplished.
1: No, when I was 26, I was way more worried about getting older than I am at 36. Yeah. Because I didn't have kids and I wasn't married and I was freaking the fuck out. But now I'm like okay, cool. I'll get back to my goal weight and I'm just going to be healthy and I'll get a little tweaks when I need it, but I'm not going to turn into a plastic surgery freak. Cause I saw a picture of Michaela Peterson the other day and it was shocking. <laughs> it was shocking. I, I
0: haven't seen a recent picture, but uh,
1: I'm all for women, like doing some tasteful adjustments, but this shit has gone too far. Uh, um, the That's the disgusting. Cartoon was, <laughs> the cartoon was tailspin. They ran out of tar, so they had to use grease. They didn't have feathers, but they did have spoon.
0: Is that the context, actually? I, I thought, I mean, I don't know. you say grease a spoon. My question is, what are you going to do with that greased spoon? And that's where it seemed like it was going to get weird. Yeah,
1: but... it, it, I would make fun of you for being a homosexual, but it did go anal in my mind, too. So.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, well, good. I'm glad that I uh, that I wasn't the only one.
1: Pirate Tomsky, just dropping this because I like your content, Good luck, Blonde. On the life. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for supporting the show, Mr. Pirate. Appreciate it very much. Looks like we're probably all set, huh? Ugh. Uh Leah. I've refresh is good. We're good on Rumble, good on Odyssey, good on D Live. Anything else you'd like to say with your last opportunity for comment in twenty twenty three?
1: I genuinely do not believe I'm gonna make it to next week. So I the show mm-hmm. is really up in the air the next few weeks.
0: Well, uh, Frank my friend Frank quite frankly has agreed to step in whenever necessary on a Sunday so the show will go on unless like something happens to Frank but uh, but yeah Blonde's unless participation unless he goes into
1: labor and then everybody's screwed
0: as far as I know he's not pregnant uh, but you know who knows anything could happen these days
1: uh, alright
0: okay. well uh, thank you guys as always for tuning in and for supporting the show this evening and not just this evening but throughout the duration of 2023 And we um, we appreciate all your support for the show. Of course, wish you the best in the upcoming 2024 year as well. And we'll continue to be here discussing all of it until the world's no longer here to discuss, which is a distinct 2024 possibility. But we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Anyway, uh, if you need more to listen to in your holiday travels, of course, you can head on over to the podcast page of my website, com slash podcast or podcasts, plural, let me get it right, you can find uh, all of the podcast-related material over there. Speaking of anything else show-related, MattChristensenMedia.com. We'll be back next Sunday. Actually, next Sunday this time, January 7th, because if it's Sunday. Sorry, Kristen Walker, it's not Meet the Press. It is The Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great night and a very happy new year.
1: Bye, okay. guys.